And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I would be Glenn. Griffin is here. And it's Friday. That means Stan the Fan Charles, the Chief Grand Poobah here at Pressbox, has joined us in studio. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. I'm just looking at this. Uh, I know we've got, not to steal your thunder, mm. but I know we've got Kyle Gibson coming. Well, why don't on. you go ahead and tell us where the Lamar meter should be today, Stan? Why are, oh, no, wait, never mind. I guess we don't do that. Uh, but we also have Neil Walker on. Yes, you Neil know, Walker. Both of them on. have. I don't know if Neil is active in his participation. He was also involved with Big in Big League, League yeah. Impact. That's very cool. That's very good. It seems like a wonderful yes. uh, thing that we're going to do. Yeah, today on the show. Now let me introduce Glenn Clark. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Stan. Uh, thank yeah. you, Don Pardo. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we've got a great day ahead of us on the program today as uh, Kyle Gibson will join us. Of course, Orioles pitcher. He will. We'll talk. We definitely are going to let him talk about what he's doing Big League Impact. Obviously, we're going to talk about you know the fact that the Orioles all of a sudden have the Jim Palmer, Dave McNally, Mike Cuellar, Pat Dobson pitching staff. I have no idea where that came from. Remember last week we're in here talking about how concerned we were about Orioles yeah, pitching. Uh, the starting and all, pitching. all, all of a sudden, sudden, one week later, the starting pitching is brilliant. <laughs> Go I'll figure. tell you who's worried about starting pitching right now is the most unlikely person at the beginning, let's say, of Feb- beginning of February. Yeah. If you were to pick one manager, who would it have been that wouldn't, wouldn't have been have worried, worried about, about the starting pitching? Oh, God. His initials are BS. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's yeah. what I was going to say. But all of a sudden, you know. He's, I mean, he went, I, where that game by Verlander came out of the, two days ago, yep. that was mana from heaven, but they reverted right back. So. Yeah. And here yeah, he is, folks. Great. Glenn yeah, Clark. Thank you, Stan. <laughs> He's on fire today. Hey, did you get your powdered donut today? I, they must have put the, they didn't put the decaf in here. <laughs> that must be it. Uh, yes, Kyle Gibson is going to join us uh, this morning. Also this morning, we will preview the Pirates. Uh, no whistles allowed this weekend at the ballpark. I think we've gotten that taken care of. Uh, we've banned Sister Sledge for the weekend. That's the way that it goes. And uh, you can get down to the ballpark and enjoy your bird bath if you'd like. But Neil Walker, the former Pirate now, uh, an analyst for them, is going to join us. And we will preview one of the more surprising teams. I think the Orioles are surprised. I would argue the Pirates far more significantly a surprise in baseball this season. So we will preview that, and uh, we'll make our trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox this week. We meet Billy Cook, so that's all on the way on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels. Heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is here. It's here. Now. It comes fast. It comes it really fast does. in Baltimore. And we have this really weird bit where we go from winter, and we're like, is it spring now? And they're like, no, we're going to go right back for a second. And then we get two days of spring, and then boom, Summer. devil's taint. That's where it goes immediately. So it is AC season. New rebates and discounts are available. Find out more, ajmichaels.com. My brother, that's his season all year long, Because AC. Alan Charles. Oh, got it. Got it. That's on me. That's on me. I thought you meant Al Cal. That was very valid. I thought major point I made. I thought you were telling me that your brother was uh, the guy that drove uh, OJ and the Bronco all those years ago. (laughs) I was like, wow, I had no No, idea that you were related to Al That was a different name. No idea. Um, We have a lot to get to, as I mentioned on the program. Also this morning, um, Griffin, you can show everybody later on. Stan said he was good. But uh, it took Twitter by storm yesterday. Of course, everybody did their uh, schedule unveiling videos, some of which were phenomenal. The Chargers did a bit where they did all of their opponents as Pop-Tarts. And the one they did for the Ravens, of course, was just a brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart smothered in Old Bay. Can I see that container of Old Bay? Yes. Yes. 
just gonna, mm-hmm. I need to you're look just gonna at, dump uh, it in your mouth. You're gonna snort it. Yeah. <laughs> the sodium is uh, is one quarter teaspoon is 140 milligrams. Not great. It's not. It's not horrible. Only 340 milligrams in the pop tarts. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. The key <laughs> thing is when you talk about smothering. Yes. I'm thinking they're talking about a thousand milligrams. You know. Oh. Smothered. Oh. So I wouldn't be an accurate gauge of tasting it smothered. You, my friend, much younger, yeah, healthier. Well, you, you, I think you could do fifteen hundred milligrams. So. I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't think I want to do that. But we are going to uh, try the Old Bay Pop Tarts. Yeah. They're not. They're not selling them. We're just going to make recreate the Old Bay Pop Tarts. This could be like show. a new. Um, this could be like a new concession at uh, Oriole Park. I, you know, it's funny. Everybody on Twitter said, eh, "I'd try those." Yeah. I don't know that you'd need them again, though. I think it's more like a, I try it and then I'm good from there. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of things that we put Old Bay on in this area that other people simply do not or don't understand, and that's all well and good. But, like, for example, I've had, like, the Old Bay popcorn. I've never found myself saying, I really need those old ba- that Old right, Bay popcorn. Right, right. Now, the Old Bay goldfish, delicious, unbelievable, an outstanding snack. Really? The Old Bay cheese curls I stand by as maybe one of the greatest snacks of all time. They're Great that invention. Per- they are unbelievable. But I don't, you know, some of the other things that would we've tried. Would it be up there with, like, the telephone, the invention? I would say better. better. I would say better. Tel- Who needs a telephone, Stan? What do we, we have the internet. We don't right, know. that's true. What the hell are we doing? And we've got cell phones Correct. Now. So who needs the old-fashioned telephone? All we, all we use telephones for anymore is looking at pornography. My God. That's where we are. Um, anyway, yes, we will try those at some point as the schedule did come out. So let us let me start there, just spend a minute on the schedule, because the Orioles didn't play last night. Then we'll get into the Orioles this hour. Um, I don't. The thing that jumped out to me about the schedule is, as somebody who does post game shows, I love a bunch of one o'clock games. Yeah. That's great news for me. I love, particularly that the home games for the people that are going are all largely at normal times. Like that to me is a big, big thumbs up about the Ravens schedule. I don't love Christmas night. In San Francisco, now I don't that have. That means to, that game will be like eight thirty. Eight thirty, yes, correct. Okay. Um, I, but I don't have to go, so it's not that big of a deal for right. me anymore. Right. Like, and honestly, if it's gonna, it's better if you're gonna play on Christmas. How how does your family? Are you a Christmas and Hanukkah family, or are you one or the no, other? We're not a Christmas. We're you we're like. First of all, the family is me and Jane, so right. it's not like I got six kids. But you have a ton of you have about a thousand cousins. Yeah, I don't know who I you do get together a, with. I, do have a, I don't get together with my cousins okay. on Christmas or Hanukkah. Okay, really. so it's not we're lone wolves. You, but so we're, this isn't going to it doesn't impact you in much of a way no, either. No, for me because I've got you know a bigger family, it would be inconvenient if they were playing in the one o'clock game on Christmas. No question about it. That would yeah, be an that inconvenience. Would be ter- that would be terrible. For us, we're kind of wrapped up with everything. My wife is already taking down the decorations by, by about by five, five o'clock, o'clock right. on Christmas Day. She is already, like, I look over, I'm like, really? And there's the Easter bunny. <laughs> right, yeah, she's already <laughs> ready. Like, what are we doing here? It's five o'clock on the 25th. Right. So it's not that big of a deal to me that they're playing at 8.30 on Christmas. I know for other people, they do their Christmas gathering at night, so it probably is a bit annoying to them. Now, it, will you have a show, you think, that I night? I presume yeah. we will. I mean, I presume we'll great. do it. But, I mean, it'll be at 1130 or whatever right. it is. Like, the day will have been long done by that yeah. point. So I'm not all that. 
I'm not that worried. Didn't they play on Christmas once before? They didn't. One of those they Steelers played, heartbreak yeah, the Steelers, games yeah, yeah, was yeah, Antonio on Christmas, Brown, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, that was bad. Yes, the Immaculate was, Extension. I remember I got a TV that year for Christmas, so I oh. set it up, and we were watching the game on my TV in my room, and it was like, well, this is the, yeah, break right? the Chris in my TV <laughs> with this. You didn't throw it through the window. Yeah. <laughs> we're also playing on Thanksgiving. No, right? not playing on Thanksgiving. We're not playing, not playing on Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving. They're playing, they, have, they have a Sunday night game, Thanksgiving okay. week. That's and the, we're in that. Yes. Okay. They play so Thursday we before play who? That, that Cincinnati? That's Jacksonville? Oh, Jacksonville. Uh, Char- I'm looking at it right now. The Chargers is... Uh, is is the Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night so at Chargers. Then what's the Jacksonville game? That's on the road? Yeah, that I, is also on the you road. You know what? Yeah, Sunday a, night as well. Is that a Thursday night? No, Sunday night as well. Okay. They're at Chargers at Jacksonville week 15. That's uh, the 17th. My aunt's birthday, December okay. 17th. There you go. Very important. I think that's the reason why they did yeah. it. Um, there's a lot of travel, That's the, but we knew that going in. We knew that... Before they announce when the games are going to be, we knew the Ravens. Yeah, going to Arizona, yeah. San Francisco, you know. Los Angeles. They're at Jacksonville, London. at San yep. Francisco, back-to-back weeks. There's a lot of travel. Now, that's it's interesting. The Ravens have never been compelled to give up a home game. Correct on that the whole London thing. <sighs> it's this in- is only our second. It's game. only the second one, and they've both been road, road games. games. They've been able and to one Jacksonville home was playing all. all right, you know, they play like three games this year. They're, yeah, they're, they're playing, playing two, two back to back. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I have yeah. no idea how that's worked out. Like the funny thing is, everybody wants those games because you need to try to find new markets and right. new revenue streams. So it is interesting. The Ravens' only two trips have not been home games. That is interesting. Um, I, I, I'm not the guy. I I don't look at the schedule and say win win. I'll never can do you, that. Can I'll you explain it. to our audience and to me mm-hmm. the new flexing rules and how that? In other words. How secure are the Ravens? And when you said they've got all these one o'clock games, that those well, games the beginning are going to the s- beginning of the season is when you want to have the one o'clock game scheduled because right. they don't flex. They don't flex anything at the beginning of the season. So right. when you see Texans, Bengals, Colts, Browns, Steelers, the first five games yeah. of the season are, one are all one o'clock ga- okay. games. Those they're are all one o'clock okay. games. They well, will it starts at like week eight to. I want to say it's week. Five this year is what oh, it's five to yeah, eleven. So five or to something? ten, wow. they can do. They can use. They can do two flexes apparently. Okay, for Sunday so, night right, football. So for Sunday night football. So then the and Steelers those, game. Those are game. network ones. Then after week eleven or or ten, it's the league decides which correct. game correct. Game correct. Correct. Exactly yes. right. And I would assume that they wouldn't allow a team to be flexed a home game more than once. I would assume. <sighs> I don't that would know. be hard to, to justify. It, it would be hard to justify. But yeah. I think they I might have changed that care, yeah. to say that we're kind of don't care anymore okay. and mm-hmm. that the league is based on television and that's the way right. that it's going to go. Television mm-hmm. makes the rules. Right. And you guys Remember, they were thinking about doing Thursday night flexes this year. They didn't <laughs> get that in, but right. that was one of the things they had that's discussed. That's coming. Oh, at some yeah. point they're going to say we we don't care, and they'll let After you know on Wednesday. Correct. Yeah. By the way, you, yeah. Get uh, here tomorrow, Sunday. Right. Uh, show up in yeah, Jacksonville right. tomorrow. They'll definitely have. And the Jags are coming off their bye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. After week twelve, Monday night and like Sunday night can be flexed. Yes. Correct. Yes. That's that yeah. is new this After year. After week Monday 12, night, Monday night, Monday night can now be flexed, which is over the top. But I'm telling you, the Thursday night thing is going to come yeah. as well, and it will be even more over the top yeah. than that. Look, the NFL well, has decided that TV is king. That's just the way that it goes, yeah. and that's where they get the bulk of their money. And it's th- it's interesting though to to look at how the league now. Has, and this is – I can't remember quite one team like the Lions who have still never even been in a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. have no mass following of any kind. 
but they've kind of bet on them this year. And that's where the flexes become important. If they bet wrong on the yes, Jets correct. or the Lions, those games, they, they're going to want to pull them out. Yeah, they don't want to have a Broncos thing like last year. Yeah, they had to. Right. It was terrible. Right. They went all in on Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. and then it was a joke, and they had a bunch of Russell Wilson games scheduled, and that's not going to work. Yeah, then look, I, I understand, because also how many times have we gotten mad when we sit down, ah, I get to sit down and watch a football game tonight, and then yeah. you're reminded it's, you know, too mm-hmm. Washington, terrib- Chicago. Exactly right. Exactly. Which is a Thursday night game. They do have that scheduled for a Thursday night game this year. There are four teams that didn't have a primetime game even scheduled for this year. Not even a single primetime game on the schedule. Four teams. I thought the deal was that everybody yeah, had to have one. But when they changed it so that you could have multiple Thursday night games now, apparently they also changed it so that not everybody has to have one. That uh, kind of reminds me of the uh, Mike Tyson old adage, everybody's got a plan until you get, get punched, punched in the, the face. Yeah. Every, they have a plan until they go, do we really want yeah, right. uh, to? Are, are we really going to? Really? Yes, the Colts have no primetime game scheduled. The Falcons have no primetime game scheduled. The Texans have no primetime game scheduled. And the Cardinals have no primetime game. That's really not surprising. If you were to to guess which – if I were to tell you what four teams don't have a primetime game scheduled, you'd probably say – I probably could have guessed them. I might have guessed the Bears. Washington maybe would have been. But that's a big, huge mark. Still with Kyler Murray, I'm surprised by the Cardinals. I mean, mean, obviously they were very bad. injury and – you know, and then add in. I would say the more surprising part is the two rookie quarterbacks. Right, exactly. Right? I, would, I mean, like honestly, the, the Falcons Falcons not surprised at all. Uh, no, they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> like they I, don't have one. I think Kyle Murray should make his life's mission to save the Oakland A's. From, okay, by from coming back to baseball. Back. Say, hey, I'm okay. going to announce. I want to play only for the Oakland A's. How about that? Yeah, if you move, then I yeah, won't I'm, do I'm it. I'm not right. going to do it. That is a fascinating. I'm going to go play thought. for the Diamondbacks. <sighs> well, wait a second. I wonder if that. Um, I wonder if that would change anything at this point, no. Stan. I don't think it would. Well, I've talked to I've talked to you about getting Andy Dolich, yes. and we're going to try next Friday. Okay. He and um, I forget the co-author. They've written a book that they. I don't think they intended it to come this fast. It was released like March 25th, and the title is "Goodbye Oakland." Well, and it's what it is. It sure looks that it's way. What it is. But isn't it fascinating now? The A's have now purchased two sites. They've purchased. They, because they've they had already purchased. The, yeah, they purchased one about two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, and now they've said nah, that plan may not. So they've right. done a deal, and apparently they can get out of the first deal. Okay, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a ton of thoughts about yeah. that. But I, would, I, I feel really bad for the real baseball fans of Oakland sure, because I think Oakland is a terrific baseball town. I think it can be. And I think there's no question about that. A horrible owner. Yep, I think that's the case. All right, um, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about the schedule. I know, as John from Little Rock brings up, yes, the bye week comes a little bit later. It is weird now that teams are not doing their bye week after their London trip. That was always sort of baked into the the deal. I don't know why that became a thing, that you don't do the bye week after the London trip. So who do we play and and where before the the London trip and then after the London? They're at Pittsburgh the Sunday before London. They're at Cleveland, then at Pittsburgh, then they're at London. Right, so it's three weeks they'll be away from home. Okay. consecutively at, at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, then London. Then, then they, they come, come home back. and play the Lions. Okay. And then they don't have a bye. Like, so they, they, do the, they do the London thing, come home. Then they're at Arizona the following week. Then they're back at home for three straight games, which is another thing you just don't see very frequently right. on yeah. a schedule is three consecutive home games. Then at LA, they don't have their bye 
um, until week, week thirteen. Yes, after the trip to L.A. Yeah. So they much they're, prefer that by like week eight. Yes, seven or eight. Their buy is in December. Yeah. It, until December, it helps, it helps potentially the playoff push. Potentially, right? If you can, you know, use that week to reset late in the year. Look, I don't love early buys. I don't love a week five buy. That's that's in, too early. Entirely yeah. too early. I like early. seven, eight, nine. Correct. Like right. Good that. news is is that Lion game a one o'clock game? It is a one. Well, right now it's a one right. o'clock game. That would seem like a prime game to be potentially if the flexed, Lions are what if the Lions are good, right? And if Lamar doesn't, uh, yes. Yes. Leave the team. Well, I don't think that's go- I don't think he's going to leave the team, but well, I think might. like week 13 is typically when Lamar has gotten hurt, right? The last two years. So oh, so they're trying to buy yeah, in the yeah, week to get him. Is that what it is? <laughs> the other big takeaway obviously the Ravens only have one home preseason game. Ah, right. I know you're very worked up about I mean, that as first someone one, who still so. pays attention to preseason games because By the way, I, I had somebody last night I was eating dinner at the Costas Inn with yes. some good friends. Saw my friend Steve Jeppy there. Ah. But I was taking Steve Freeman, who worked for the Orioles okay. for a number of years. Uh, I was taking. We went out to dinner. And a, an original investor in Press Box, Barry Blank, um, and we're sitting there. And somebody came up to me. Oh, it was my waiter, Ch- Chuck, at the Costas Inn. He says, I'm making a prediction now. And I go, okay. He goes, this Zay Flowers, mm-hmm. if he's really, really good, the Ravens are going to start singing, Jose, can you see? Ah, that's an interesting idea. I was I thinking thought that was a cute I idea. thought you were going to go with Jose, 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 Jose. <laughs> and I don't mind that one so much. That one I went on. I didn't do it justice. Yeah, right. Jose, Jose. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, all right, the schedule's out. You can go find it. And Bo's written more about it at PressBoxOnline.com today, so you can check it out there. As uh, I was joking about, is today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Just one week ago, Stan, we were we were panicked. We were flummoxed about Orioles pitching. We were ready to trade for Eduardo Rodriguez and Alex Cobb and Everybody still wants Corbin Burns, and the list goes on. Now, all of a sudden, Orioles pitching over the course of the last week against the two best teams in baseball has been quite good. So how do we react to that? Well, I still think the team is in need of a number one, you know, a true number one. I, I kind of call Kyle Gibson, I don't mean this with disrespect, sort of a designated one. Yes. You know, right, He's not an uh, ace. He's, he's just not the... like Mike Mussina was right. for the Orioles for a number of years, or Garrett Cole is now, or Roger Clemens in their heyday. But I still think they need a one. But I was not all that panicked by Dean Kramer and and Kyle Bradish, you know. And Tyler Wells has been steadfast. Uh, the most disappointing arm to me this year has been uh, Cole Irvin. Well, you I mean, know, there's no doubt I, about that, right? That's... I thought it was a real good chance to win – 12 or 13 games with the Orioles But do, do you feel as though this is the stabilizing moment and that you have comfort that if this is, again, I agree with you that they should be looking to add a top-of-the-rotation yeah. arm, but as we know, it's not that, that guy is not going to come until at the earliest. June 30th. Correct. Yeah. It's somewhere in between July 1st. And so presuming this is what they have until at least then, yeah. do you feel comfort that they are going to be just fine with their starting pitching until that point, I think if they can, I think if they can get Grayson turned around to where he pitches like he did 
this last effort against Tampa or the two efforts before against Detroit, I would feel pretty comfortable that we can maintain our position uh, jockeying with the likes of Boston and Toronto. And frankly, I think clearly the worst team in the division. Yeah. I've never, I don't think those yeah. words have ever been uttered by me, are the New York Yankees. And don't we feel sorry oh, for them? Oh, just wretched. Just yeah. awful for those guys. Well, they think uh, in New York, they think the Rays are cheating, though. I don't know if you saw that this week. No. They think. <laughs> Uh, whoever the well, of who's course the, they are. who's the uh, it's uh, Craig Carton's the guy the loudmouth on FAN right. who's like ah you know I don't I don't believe it I is don't he the guy who used to do the show with Boomer yes he was the guy that used to do the show with Boomer and had a bit of a gambling problem and had to uh, spend some time locked up afterwards so um you know take... shock that hasn't happened to Jeremy Kahn no Jeremy doesn't have a problem Jeremy has right. the problem is that he wins they didn't have much. legal yeah, betting right. for earlier years earlier hundred percent. Um, he's in the Caymans, isn't he, making deposits? I think that, that might have been why he was down in Jamaica earlier, right? right? Like, it might have so been. So, skipping a jump 100%. So, um, you know, I'm in a weird place. One, they still have to address the Grayson Innings thing at some point. Yeah. There still has to be something that they do. I had wondered if maybe the appearance of Drew Rahm was like, hey, let's think about whether or not we want to skip a start at some point. Well, they sent him back down, so obviously that's not the case. At some point, they still have to address the innings thing when it comes to Grayson Rodriguez somehow, some way, and we've yet to see any anything that suggests that that's a priority for them. I, I am quite pleased with, obviously, how they pitched this week. Um, I, I'm not sure that I just assume this is who they are moving forward, but, you know, I hope that's the case. I think the other question that's popped up over the course of the last week is, is there a possibility that you are going to end up having a controversy at the back end of your bullpen? here in the next couple of weeks. Yanir Cano has been unbelievable. I mean, one of the biggest revelations in all of baseball this season. I wish I could uh, take have a tape recording of my audio last September. When they traded when Tim, for you. Yeah. No, when oh. Tim Tremblay was in town. Okay. And we went to a game, and he goes, who's this guy coming in? I said, hey, it was a throw-in in the Twins deal. I mean, he had like a 9 ERA in seven with the twins, he's, I mean, he's garbage. That's essentially what would the audio would reveal. Right. I said, uh, I've erased all. Audio yes. Make sure that, that yeah. it's burnt. Correct. So that nobody can he's ever been, see it. He's been remarkable. Where are you at with the people that say, given how adventurous it's been with Felix Batista this season, that's putting it mildly. Well, but let's be fair. The results have still been good, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's the difficult part about having this conversation. The results have still been exactly what you need them to be it's just been again adventurous path to getting to those results i've been a huge follower of relief pitchers you know for a long long time and i mean you know i love them i think they're fantastic when you get one like in fantasy baseball i picked up liam Hendricks three years ago for a dollar you know and i said worked out really well and then all of a sudden he just yep. evolved into the closer. Yep. Somebody right now in our league has got Yenier Cano, got him for a dollar. Mm. And he could. I'm a very firm believer, though, that at certain points, the job becomes overwhelming psychologically for players, certain okay. players, and they need an opportunity to decompress. And I can't tell you how much there's a decompression factor when a guy goes suddenly to pitching in the seventh inning or eighth inning versus the ninth inning. And that doesn't mean you've demoted him permanently. What better 
thing to have than two guys that can do the job. And I think that's what they'll probably do here a little bit. Um, I happened to be listening to the game the other night because I was going to watch the game, the basketball game, the Lakers-Warriors game. So I left early from the Oriole game. And Scott Garceau in the post game was saying, a lot of people are wondering why they brought in Cano instead of Bautista. Right. And Scott said, and he was right, last night Bautista yep. threw 29 pitches. Yep. But Cano had also pitched in that game too, I he, believe. He pitched an inning plus in that he game. Did, but yeah, he 14 didn't, pitches. Yeah, correct. Right, 14 had. pitches. But, but he had pitched. Mm-hmm. So I think Brandon Hyde wisely just said, let me have a game where I'm not pulling my hair out, and let's see if Yenier can really handle this. Clearly, right now, he can handle it now. He's liable to get a moment, too. You know, so I think what you have is you hope all of a sudden you get Jose ba- Felix Bautista four or five games maybe in the eighth inning where the game is not on the line, and all of a sudden you look up and he's got five straight innings, eight strikeouts, you know, uh, zero ERA, and you go, He's back on par, and all of a sudden there's a game you just say, I'm going with Bautista. So you are suggesting that you don't define I, – I brought this I, up earlier this week. I don't week. think you have to define, you know, unless there's a huge ego thing, which two weeks ago, you remember when they were all kidding around, if he's the mountain, what is right, Cano, Cano? And right. he was a La Roca, yeah, the, the rock. rock. Yep. You know, if all of a sudden Bautista took a – Hey, I'm the mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to mm-hmm. have that job. And I don't think he'll do that. I think he's a good soldier. I, it's interesting because I suggested that earlier this week, the idea that, like, hey, maybe you look at a lineup and you say, Batista is really good against this part of this lineup. So if in the eighth inning tonight, this part of this lineup is what's coming up, give it to Batista. But if in the ninth inning, that's what this part of this lineup is, then we want to make sure that we have Batista. I had suggested that earlier in the week. We brought on Ben Verlander yesterday, who I like. I think is very good. And obviously, I'm not trying to say he's his brother. Which he's, is a podcast called... Uh, uh, flip, uh, fli- oh, uh, yeah, Flippin' Bats. Flippin' Bats. Flip flip bats. bats. Yeah, that's a cool um, name. And he, and he does the, the Fox stuff, obviously. Yeah. I like Ben. And Ben said, look, the years that I have spent... And, of course, he pitched himself. And then he's been around a ton of pitchers in his life. It is a mental thing. Did he pitch to Billy Cook at one time? I don't know if he ever pitched to Billy Cook. Well, ask Billy when he joins okay. us later on in the show. Um I don't. He said, "Look, it's such a mental thing for relievers that you can ask your eighth inning guy to pitch in the ninth inning, and it's no problem." Right. But the day that you go to your ninth inning guy and say, "I want you to pitch in the eighth inning," there's it, a lack of the adrenaline it, pumping. It, it becomes a. It, it is. A, it can become a dicey thing if not handled. So properly. his suggestion was, until Batista says he, he shows he can't do it. Right. Until that happens, Cano, you have this unicorn. If the most important moment of the game is the fifth inning because it's a one-run game and the bases are loaded, you put Cano in then, get out of your jam, have him pitch the sixth, then go from there. If you say, we look at it tonight and tonight's our best option for having pitching in the ninth, no problem. But you don't move Batista and have him pitch another inning. Now, that's not Bible. It's just the opinion right. of one person. Right. And it's not based on some statistics somewhere and, that can and, be and proven. There's, there's a world where I agree with that. I don't think Batista is at that help me out moment at mm-hmm. all because like you said for the most part the results haven't yes. hurt the Ad- ball club. adventurous but yeah. typically yeah. he's gotten through that this season and so the result i would say good. tonight if there's a safe situation and they needed both to pitch cano would probably come in in the eighth right 
and Bautista would get the ninth. I also think it becomes interesting what everyone's roles are when Tate and Givens get here in the coming, in what looks like to be in the next week, right? Yeah. Like, I think... I haven't kept up with both of them. They isn't, both pitched on Givens, Wednesday, right? Isn't Givens still a little closer? I think that's true. Yeah. I think that's right. But I, I know they both pitched on... Hang on a second. Um, oh, man, I know I just saw an update on this two days ago, but I apologize. I don't have it in front of me now. But the, Again, I... We talk so much about who goes and those guys get there. The real question to me is what what is their role other than to just be re- more reliable arms? If the Orioles are saying, hey, we think five innings is about what we're going to expect moving forward right. from our starting pitchers, well, then in a perfect world, you've got three, now one. You have four different guys that you can all count on for one inning in Tate, Givens, Cano, and Bautista in order to get you through if the games work that way. So it's a good it's a heck of a situation to have if that ends up being the case once you get there and both those guys prove that they are those guys that Dylan Tate can match when he's been at his best and Michael Givens can come in and be reliable as well. Tate did a scoreless inning on Wednesday uh, with Bowie and uh, Givens got went two-thirds of an inning, let up two runs on Wednesday, and then went a third of an inning and let up a run uh, yesterday. Well, yeah, that's it. So Givens, and are they so both at Bowie? They're both at Bowie yeah, right now. Okay. And has Tate only pitched the one time? He's pitched no. He's pitched like I think three times. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back the to three it. point time, that, you know that they're and their their stay by the union has probably dictated some, you know. And we when and obviously the Orioles were going to extend this rehab because it was making up for spring training. That was right. the idea right. of that they needed to really a little bit longer. Up. Is that essentially we're recreating spring training with you on this rehab stint? Um. I am probably leaning towards there is no controversy at the moment as much as it's a good problem to have that you have someone that you feel like you can use in any situation. And if at some point you decide that that situation is the ninth inning, I think it's one of the things I said the other day, we are obsessed with the save stat and we forget the seventh inning might sometimes be the game, the inning that changes the game or to Ben Verlander's point, it might be the fifth inning. It might not be the ninth inning is the only time where like, if you're, on the road, you don't get an opportunity for rebuttal. So we suggest that it's Andrew more Miller, when he first became a relief pitcher, they used uh, Terry Francona used him yep. a lot in the fifth and sixth, sixth innings yep. before he became a high quote unquote high, high leverage, leverage because he accurately knew this is the high leverage Correct. moment. It's not dictated by the inning; it's dictated by the situation. A hundred percent. We're obsessed with the the save. We're obsessed with the statistic. So we're almost slaves to it because of that. Like, you have to have – it has to be the ninth inning that's the highest leverage So inning. who am I leaving out, though? The one thing I think that's interesting now in the bullpen, they had Aiken, they had Kalam. Mm-hmm. Now they have no no Aiken. Right. Is there a second left-hander in the bullpen that I'm forgetting? Oh, per, per, no, both is right. Right, both, both is right. Perez. Perez. I'm sorry, yes. You said Perez? Who? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. You, uh, Perez and Perez, correct. Yeah. Thank Who has you. been yes. ineffective for right. much yes. of this. Well, season. and that creates a, another problem when you talk about who might go because you look and say, well, Perez should go. Another reason to bring up uh, that guy, DL, you know. Jeez, I, mean, I don't know if they can use him as a relief pitcher. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. stretching him out now. Yeah, right, he's going to be in the rotation. Didn't he strike out like seven guys? I think like, he I did. Think he have did. I think he went like six innings. He had a great start the other pitched day. Pitched like three innings and struck out seven, nine outs or something like that. Uh, I'll pull that up in one yeah. second. Uh, the other side of this is, of course, that as the pitching heats up, the bats kind of go silent 
over the course of the last week. Obviously, the well, Friday the, night the game. The pitching we faced is also a top drawer, too. Very good. So you're not concerned about the sort of lack of production over the course? The biggest thing that jumped out at me is the lack of big hits. The, the runners have been on base plenty. Of course, the Sunday game where you went one for 14 with runners in scoring position, and that wasn't against Strider or Freed. Right. Like, that was the day that sort of stands out significantly. That was Elder. Yeah. And then that was the game that went on to the 12th inning, uh, which isn't supposed to happen anymore in baseball. We're supposed to have done away with 12 inning games at this point. That was a 14 inning one the other night. Oh, who was that? Who had a 14 inning Uh, game? I forget who it was, but I I saw the 14 inning game was rough. I forget who it was too, and I just heard him talking about it the other day. It was a, it was the Giants. No, it was. Uh, was this Monday? Was that Sunday? I thought. I, uh, was uh, it Milwaukee? Sunday. Milwaukee and somebody. It was. It was a uh, Mar- Miami and uh, Chicago Cubs. Okay. This was also Sunday. Okay. Yes. Um, they went fourteen. <laughs> you're that part. Not only, and I even said on on Wednesday night. The lack of even productive outs with a runner on third base and one out in the inning. The fact that multiple times in that game, you didn't even need a hit. It almost felt like the baseball gods were going to make you pay for that. Like, you can't have multiple opportunities with a runner on third base and one out. Either strike out or pop up. Right. You You can't have that happen and the baseball gods not make you pay for it. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. They held on. They got the win. So, you're attributing this more to the quality of, of who you're I'm facing. Attributing it, I, I'm, here's my big problem with the Orioles lineup. And obviously they've got, they've got a lot of offensive firepower in this lineup. I think if Ryan Mountcastle were my number six or seven hitter, mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be, boy, he's really a good six right. or seven hitter. When he's batting third or fourth, I think his lack of plate discipline is more times than not. And look, Baseball is a game, a lot of it's very deep thinking to say baseball is a game of failure. You fail two out of three times, you know. By, by the way, still, just for the record, yeah. D.L. Hall's last three starts, seven, eight, nine strikeouts. How many innings? Uh, three, three in the one that had seven strikeouts, then five in the one that had eight strikeouts, six in the one where he had nine strikeouts. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he's yeah, maybe, stretching out. Maybe he is. Um he he can be a weapon either way. Again, yep, my money I, is on yeah, relief I pitching. I hear you. Uh, my point about Mountcastle is I don't know that he's ever going to be the type of three or four hitter that you you look at a team and go, boy, they won two or three World Series or were yeah, in. He was three, in the middle of and the, he was in the middle of the order. I think that, like you said, the baseball got the baseball finds your weak link. You know, mm-hmm. and I think he is not. A weak link. He's a weak link as a three or four hitter. You know, I I've think said before. Much, yeah. I, th- I but, think they're. But in fairness, I don't know who I would be more comfortable with as a three. That's four sort of. Hitter. And you brought yeah. that up earlier. Arias. Well, obviously he's hurt now. But right. I mean, Arias. I feel like always comes up big when we need him to. And yeah, but still as a, on base as percentage is not. Yeah. You know. I, I think that's what where we are. By the way, the, maybe the most consistent hitter this season has been Austin Hayes, right? Like, this has been a weird year in which Adley Rutschman was red hot, hot to start the season. Then he cooled off a little bit. Anthony Santander struggled a great deal to start the season. Now he's suddenly red hot. I'd love to know, and I'm probably this is probably easy to find, I'd love to know Austin Hayes' batting average when there are two, two outs. I, f- I feel like he rises to be like a 400 hitter 
when there's two outs hmm. and when there's a duck on the pond, he's not. He he's like two twenty or you know. Uh, and then will, that's easy to look up, isn't it? I will put. I'm just very yeah, slow. Yeah, we should looking. get splits. Yeah. Baseball reference and the splits and all that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll sign Griffin to yeah, that. Uh, let's Come see. On. He is. Oh my gosh! With two outs, are you kidding me? He is 17 for 32 with two outs. There you Five go. Look, look at you. <laughs> look at you. So you're saying those again? Not every two out. You know, his situation right. is created because it could be that they're but two outs look, and a runner in scoring. I always look up. I go, yeah, he got a double or yeah, and right. I go. Oh, there's two outs. Right, you know. and they ends up being left out on the bag. Well, what what is he with runners in? 250 with runners in scoring position. So there's your yeah. – there you go. There you go. Your numbers are backed Different up. Different hitter. Right? Different Correct. Hitter. Whereas Cedric Mullins obviously has been outstanding with runners different in scoring position. Different hitter and more than likely different level of pitching. You know, in other words, a pitcher lets up. Okay, think, doesn't make the same pitches with, yeah. in those situations yeah. they would otherwise. Yeah. That is fair to say. So the next thing that's kind of coming, and Michael Elias addressed that this week, when is that all of a sudden we're getting to the point now you brought up before the show Westberg. Colton Kowser is obviously going to be in this conversation, but it's not as pressing as it was with Rutschman a year ago because of the name value of Adley Rutschman. But we're getting to the point where there's going to be more people looking and saying, oh, isn't it time for these guys to graduate? Isn't it time for those guys to get here and it's not as easy as it was a year ago when it was Rutschman replacing Robinson Chirinos, and everybody said, yes, go right ahead. Right. Let's do it. Now it's a more complicated conversation. Um, you know, Bordick was saying to me the other day, well, that's why you just wait until somebody gets hurt. Yep. You don't force anybody up here until somebody gets hurt. And that's he's probably right that it's going to come, right? Like, obviously, Arias got hurt this week. There, my my other problem, and I've so I've addressed the problem is a number one starter that mm -hmm. they don't have, and and I think they have a lot of twos and threes, which is much better than three or four years ago well, when they, they were they a, had lot a bunch of, of fives, fours right. and fives. Yeah. That so that's much better. Yes. My problem is Mountcastle. My other problem on this team is the bench, and the bench can help you win ball games. It really can matchups defensive replacements and things and I look at this bench and two weeks ago I wrote a note on my five observations they gotta help Brandon with a better bench aha they brought up Stowers, Stowers yep. and O'Hearn well it's clear right now Stowers is not very good as a starter mm -hmm. or as a guy pinch hitting in the ninth inning but he's still on the team then they went out and made that head scratching move which I thought they really had a, a serious reason to pick up Luis Torrens. Yeah. I mean, they paid cash yes. for him. And that's and look, I think they're hoping that he doesn't – that they can get him to AAA. Yeah, I'm I think sure that's, that they're hoping of that. Right. But, but, boy, that seemed odd that they didn't keep him around longer Well, they've than got their answer. Days. You saw, right? They got their answer. Well, what's that? They're having Taron Vavra work as a catcher. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a joke. Are they, oh, they really? Are? Yes. Okay. Taron Vavra. Well, I mean, that, like – Let me tell you something. Taron Vavra – Probably can do that. Yep. Um, so this was uh, Rock was the one who reported this okay. yesterday, I'm and it, it again, it's not they're not suggesting that Taron Vavra is going to catch tonight. But my question, my question three weeks ago in that game, I think it was in Chicago, right, Griffin, the game where they pinch hit Rutschman in the game, and, yes, and yeah, they were yeah, down to one catcher, and it was, it was in like the, the seventh inning, inning yeah. seventh or eighth inning, and I'm saying, geez, who is who would? I'm not nervous about it of them both DHing the same day. But damn it, late in the game, 
I want them to sort of both be in the game in case one would get hurt. On April 29th, Vavra caught. He came in late in a Norfolk game against Charlotte when Norfolk was ahead. Norfolk was ahead 16 to 1. Okay. And apparently they have been having him work as a. Right. I mean, I like that better than picking up Luis Torrens for nothing. Like, or like, but that's or what we talked. I, I said him. then, like, you could use a Gaddis, a, a a type, a player that is now really Castles. there to be a bat off the bench. Yeah, Torrens but in an emergency is a guy you plug sit- in if if there's an injury to Rutschman, then he'd be perfect to come up for a little bit. Yeah, the guy that they better could, than Bembo. The guy they could really use on their bench is yeah. the guy that's a bat that's there because he might run one out of the park in a pinch hitting situation late, but also could be your emergency catcher in a situation not a guy that you really want to have catching regularly but if you have to throw him behind the plate you can and once upon a time the the tragic jim layritz was maybe that guy right like you know that's the type of player that you're looking for in that situation that just has a bit of a live bet i'd like to get connor norby behind the plate you want to think that's your that's your answer i'm sure you I'm sure he would be thrilled with I that. don't know that that would be the route for Connor Norby, but, yeah, I, they, they, I, I understand that we would sort of laugh about Taron Vavra being the live bat. He's right. not the right. not, right. I mean, yeah. not necessarily. I mean, maybe he could still prove but to be he, that guy. But he's got an on-base percentage. Correct. Possibilities and, you know. Um, it's, it's fascinating because it does seem like they're trying to address the problem that you're bringing up and understanding they can't really waste another roster spot. There, there's, no, there's no question that Brandon Hyde, likes the flexibility of using McCann and Rutschman both in the lineup. And I think we're, I think uh, McCann is giving good backup to that supposition that, hey, he can be a meaningful offensive player. He was not a total turd, you know, when, when the Mets signed him. The, the You know, he started with the uh, sure. uh, Tigers, went to the White Sox, and was pretty good. I mean, like a 48 RBI eight, nine homers. He was not a, a guy you never wanted to come up. The Mets gave the guy $40 million right. over four years. Right. You know. Look, I'm, I'm not – I think McCann's been fine. I think he's – again, I don't think McCann's part of the problem here. I think he's, no, he's – for his role, he's part of the solution. He's, he's almost too good – for the manager not right, to play to have him, him exactly know, right, which might be a, less of a problem if Jordan Westberg were on the team. Well, okay, or, so well, I'll go another another step forward. If you were to bring up a Colton Cowser, right, the problem becomes right now: which of these guys do you not want in the lineup? And the question becomes: Are you making who a full time DH at that point? Like who? Of that group, because you don't want to lose Santander's arm in the outfield, so you mm-hmm. don't really want to move him to first base, which you could do and make Mountcastle your full-time DH. But you could play Hayes and right, and you're not really losing much. A ton arm-wise, arm-wise if you then move Santander yeah. to first or have yeah. him DH at and that And I point. don't think the Orioles are going to have a full-time DH. The way Brandon's doing it, I think, is yeah, very there's regular. Cool. He has Mountcastle and Santander. And Gunner. Fle- and, right. and also Gunners occasionally, and Rutschman. Basically, DH but didn't they say now with Arias out they want Gunner? Consi- wasn't yeah, there? A, I mean, yeah. the word that would make sense. Consistently, yeah. they don't yeah. want to have him DHing. They want yeah. him to be playing third base now, kind of every day. Um, which I think a lot of people have yeah. argued is something they should have done at the beginning of the season in order to try to get him comfortable and know this is what you're doing. Yeah. Um, look, I, I am at some point. I I get what Mike Bordick's answer is, but at some point, you, what you're saying about the bench, compounded with. What more does X player have to prove? Right. I think you have to say this is a problem that we'll solve as we need to, but this guy and, should be here. And you know what takes some of that pressure off? The fact that there are, and seriously, I did not know it until last week, 
that there's a third wild card in each league. Mm-hmm. So the Orioles, look, the chances of them running down, we'll know in two, three weeks whether they have any chance at all of running down the Tampa Bay Rays, right. okay? It would be nice if the Yankees could help and maybe at least split with them yeah. to give us a well, chance they, to. They were trying the other day, and then the Rays were like, yeah, the thing about a six-run yeah, well, deficit well, is we don't yeah, care. We right. don't care, right. So that's that's part of this equation is that there's – I'm sure there's no clock ticking like, hey, we better solve this now. Right. They will solve this over the next four to six weeks, what the bench is going to be like on this team. I agree. I think that at some point, I think it. I think this month, after this month, it's harder to justify Kowser and Westberg staying in the minor leagues yep. if they continue to hit the way that they've if you know right now what I think they're both over 300 and they're both I mean, like they're they're both having outstanding seasons. If those guys are still performing that way come Memorial Day, it's a very tough sell to me that they just stay there because you're not ready to address that at the major yeah. league level. It, it's and in the, the case of Kowser, I'd want to sort of get a, a two-week glimpse of him because that could impact whether you'd be willing to, to trade try to a Mullins, Mullins or a Hayes. You I feel know. like Mullins, Mullins is having a very – and, and to the point, very he's, solid he's one of the few guys that constantly comes through with yeah. runners in scoring yeah, position. He's doing a great job. And his, his stolen base ability mm-hmm. is no so – No question about it. And I, Hayes, Hayes, now we watch him, has virtually no stolen base correct. ability. Correct. I would be more, and I don't think Gunner is going to have to have that too much. It doesn't, yeah. I don't not for stolen bases. I think not he can do base. other things he's as a base be runner, a great right? He's but I don't think he's going to be a base stealer necessarily, no. and that's such a weapon right now with Mullins. I have actually gone the opposite way with Mullins, where I am not at all interested in trading him. I am. He's having a wonderful season. It, it's he's too valuable in too many ways. Yeah. I get it. The arm is what it is. Arm you is can't, not good. You can't do anything about that. And he's not going to be a thirty home run guy. Like that was a no. It, but he can it, it was an aberration. Fifteen to seventeen. Correct. The other things he does are so valuable that I have no interest in him not being a part of yeah, of this I team. I understand that feeling. Yeah. All right. Stan the fan is here. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, which is where you should go to sign up for all these great incentives and offers from the various sports books in order to make sure that you are taking advantage of every opportunity you have to spend somebody else's money on sports betting. So, for example, right now, you go to PointsBet. Actually, let me start. You go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You click on the PointsBet logo. Then you deposit and bet your first $50. You're going to get five second chance bets. So How if many? Five. So if your bet goes wrong, right? Like, let's say you're Griffin and you wanted Whoa. to bet last week on Henry Cejudo because you were driving. You know, he drove up to New York to watch the UFC fight last Newark. Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. what? Sake, the UFC fight. Oh, the yeah. UFC fight. Yes, drove very all the way fun. up very, to Newark, New very. Jersey. This man makes like $5 an hour here, and somehow. I gotta figure out, or or he's doing really well with sports betting. Here's the I snuck in. Oh, did you? That's impressive. Uh, Let's talk more about that. Let's say you wanted to do bet on the Henry Cejudo, and that's why you're really mad about what they decided what the decision was in the fight because you got stuff in the octagon. You got your bet wrong. You're gonna get five chances to make up for it. Really, five opportunities to bet again 
and not get it wrong the next time. I think there's any way they could do a sixth time? I don't, I don't know. I think I could. We can't I, offer that through PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, though, Stan, and that's the important takeaway all right. from all of this is you go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, you sign up with PointsBet, and you take advantage of that great deal. Uh, we, when we come back in, Neil Walker, former Pirate, now part of their broadcast crew. Big series this weekend in Baltimore. We'll chat with Neil Walker next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Harford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Harford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait. Did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know what's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Trying to figure that out, Stan, as I'm looking. Neil Walker, uh, second full season of being a Pirates, as a member of the Pirates broadcast team. I think it's sort of like what the Orioles do, where it's just yeah. we give you an assignment, yep. go do it. Although they only, at this point, it's basically Jim and Ben. They don't really have any other former yeah. players that are, are doing it. Dave Davy Johnson comes on. I think every now and then they'll throw yeah. him in for a game if like those guys are off somewhere. He does, but it's pretty much just uh, Jim and Ben at this point. Stan the fan is here. It's a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Yes, Neil Walker is going to join us in a couple minutes. We'll preview Pirates Orioles this weekend. If you've not signed up yet at pressboxonline.com/contest, I don't know what you're waiting for. Got a great contest going on right now. 
where you can win four tickets to each of the area's minor league baseball teams, plus an easy pass. Oh, hang on a second. From my nephew. Not my cousin. <laughs> I thought I tried to correct you when you said it. I thought I, I tried remember. to. I love him. I love who him is so Josh much. Charles? I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, he's uh, he's just a buddy that I he's my, correct. Is he just, my cousin or my brother? I believe that he is your nephew. Your I brother's believe cousin. that's definitely my nephew. I believe that's the case. And I'm proud to say that. Oh, I would I would be very proud. Obviously, I I I hope. Well, I don't have any nephews, so this won't be an issue for me. I was gonna say I hope to have a nephew that's talented and accomplished, but that's uh, not an Maybe issue. Maybe next Friday, if he's in the U.S., we can have him come on and and. Take me to task for that. Call you out for person. it? Yeah. Call you out. Well, he'll definitely hear this. I know that much. Oh. He'll definitely. He's. he's, he's yeah. I, I, anything that I appreciate the most about Josh Charles, he is. I, I wish that we had listeners as dedicated as Josh is. I pray that more of you get as dedicated as Josh is. He doesn't always listen live, but he always listens. And he is always ready to tell me what he disagrees about, which I appreciate the best. He's of. opinionated. A, and actually, we agree far more than we disagree. Overwhelmingly, we agree about things. Uh, great contest. Four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams. An easy pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25. And a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. You must be 18 or older in order to enter. The sweepstakes ends on June 14th. Again, get over to PressBoxOnline.com slash contests right now in order to sign up. And you can go see some of these guys that we were just talking about a minute ago. Uh, did you get the Aberdeen, by the way? Did I get to Aberdeen? Aberdeen? I know you're going to go see. No, I know you yet. wanted to go see Jackson Holiday. He made a nice uh, home debut the other night with the Is home. Is he my run. cousin? I don't believe that. I don't think there's a relation there, but we'll try to dive into it. Because Matt the next was. Time. Matt was. Well, then I'm pretty sure that you are related. I'm pretty sure it works out that way that you end up having some sort of relation whatsoever. Uh, to the Josh pa- is in Paris, by the way. So we have a listener I in did, Paris. I did know that. I actually felt bad because he wanted to set the Lamar meter one morning. And I didn't even realize that he was in Paris when we were talking. I was like, now I feel like a jerk. Um, all right, so Orioles Pirates this weekend. Yes. What does that stir up inside of you, Stan Charles? Stirs up the chance for a sweep. Okay, well, okay, that. But does any of the 1979 stuff still register with you in any way? Well, what registers to me is that they beat us in a decade. They beat us twice right. in the World Series, 71 and 79. Yep. Now, 79 was appallingly painful because I went to games three and four in Pittsburgh and elected my friend Steve Fetter and I were up there visiting a friend of ours who got tickets, David Rubenstein, and we actually talked late Saturday night and said we'd rather drive back to Baltimore Sunday and be here for the the euphoria after we won the World Series. And that game was, if I'm not mistaken, game four was Jim Rooker versus Jim Palmer in game in game. I mean, you might as well go ahead and put it in the win column, right? I did. I know you did. And that was before I knew Joe Angel. Oh, yeah, right. Um, Do you still, like, that? if you heard We Are Family this weekend, would your skin... I, I, I love Sly and the Family Stone, so that would not bother me. We, we are family. Wait a minute. Sister we are Sledge. The, uh, Sister, Sister Sledge. Sledge, yeah. What was the song? Wasn't there a song that they did f- from Sly and the Family Stone? Mm. Or didn't Sly and the Family Stone do? Did they do a version? I don't know that they did a version. I'm trying to think of. We'll okay. Get, we'll get anyway, to it. I, 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 I leave more questions out there than right. I answer these days. Um 
the the whistling of Omar Moreno's wife mm-hmm. with that whistle was the most annoying. You still think thing. of yeah. yeah, you still have that come up. Orioles Pirates this weekend here in Baltimore. Joining us now, he is part of the Pirates broadcast crew after he had a very nice career himself that began with the Pirates and a few other teams. He is Neil Walker, and he is with us here on GCR. Neil, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, guys, for having me on. It's great to chat with you. You know, a lot of people around baseball have been looking at the Orioles as, like, this incredible surprise this season because they're amongst the best teams in baseball. But I don't know that there's been a more stunning story in baseball this year than the Pirates have been. How has this happened this year that the Pirates find themselves in first place coming into this weekend? Well, in my opinion, there's a, there's a couple factors that, that have led to the good start for the Pirates, particularly in the month of April. Um, you know, the team did a really nice job this offseason of bringing in uh, some quality veterans like Andrew McCutcheon, Rich Hill. Um, Troy, you know, Troy. And, yep. and they also have – they also put an emphasis on offensive players that uh, tend to be on the, the higher uh, on-base percentage side and also players that can run, you know, the G1 Bays and, and Connor Joes. And for the most part, through up and down the lineup, uh, with most of their everyday guys, you have guys that are capable of stealing bases or at least capable of attempting stealing bases, as we've seen the last two weeks. Um, so it's been, it's been an interesting combination. The, the, the starting pitching has, has been better than they had, I think, initially hoped uh, up until these last two weeks. But make no mistake that the, the April that, that the Pirates – put together was was very very impressive and and they did it in a lot of in a lot of facets uh, hitting with runners in scoring position stealing a lot of bases uh, pitchers going close to six innings a start uh, back end of the bullpen being really strong um, and that's just kind of slipped a little bit along with the, the defense uh, and mistakes on the base paths and and, and uh, you know not necessarily the length of the starting pitchers these last uh, call it two weeks Neil, you've played in big league clubhouses a long time. What does it mean in the clubhouse? And I know, ironically, my question's going to lead where they lost five in a row or six in a row right after they signed them. But what what does that Brian Reynolds extension do in that clubhouse right now? Does it really have any meaning to the other players? It does. And and it sends a a message to the rest of the the guys that are, you know, pre- three years of service time that, Hey, listen, if, if, if you, if you find yourself as, as a, as a quality major league player, you got an opportunity to number one cash in. Uh, but number two, be a part of something that's in the building process. And, you know, in, in the Pittsburgh market, you, 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 you're not accustomed to seeing the pirates handing out 80 to a hundred million dollar contracts a year in and year out. And they've done that uh, a handful of times now in the last 24 months. So Brian Reynolds is a terrific player. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but, you know, mixing him, knowing the, that you're going to have him as your cornerstone for uh, the foreseeable future is great. Uh, but like I said, it sends a message to the rest of the guys that, hey, you know, the guy, guys like Mitch Keller who have, who have really taken huge steps forward moving, moving um, in, from last year into this year that, hey, if, 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 you're, if you want to be here and you're performing – we are going to do everything we can to keep you here uh, past your going into your free agent years, but we're also going to do a good job of supplementing those players with uh, quality veterans uh, and guys like, uh, you know, O'Neill Cruz, who unfortunately is out for a significant period of time, but 
the talent is is very um, uh, you know it's it's very apparent in this organization that over the course of the last five six years they've stacked up high high first round picks the Henry Davises of, of the world uh, Andy Rodriguez who, who is is not a draft guy but a guy that's shooting up the ranks so it's a very interesting place to be and and I think in the minds of of Pirates uh, you know fans. You look at the year that the Baltimore Orioles had last year and taking that big step forward and also obviously all the really good start they've had. And, and you almost uh, they almost think like, hey, the Pirates could potentially be on the same trajectory. He is Neil Walker. He's with us here on GCR. By the way, we should point out Brian Reynolds, actually a Baltimore native. I don't know that everybody knows that, but he didn't live here very long when he was a kid, but he was born here. Um, I, I want to just stay there for a second, if I could, Neil. Part of what Stan just asked, in Baltimore we are clamoring for the Orioles to do this thing where they sign these young guys and lock them up. You mentioned it wasn't the first time the Pirates had done it. They did it with Cabrian Hayes, and Cabrian Hayes hasn't necessarily been a superstar since he got that huge contract. I, I wonder, is there any regret? Is there any, like, you know, it, I'm sure it's far too early for that because, you know, he's, he's still very young in his career. But, it, like, the, the pain of making a decision and it not necessarily being, you know, Ronald Acuna or Ozzy Albies that comes after that, what is the reaction when you do that? Is 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 the organization down on it? Are they frustrated about the decision, or or is it more? Hey, he's still a good baseball player. It was worth making the the decision to go ahead and give him all that money. Well, I think I think with Key Brian, you you start with the defensive side of things, which he's quite possibly the best defensive player in the game right now um, at a at a premium position you know, outside of a shortstop position. He is is phenomenal we've, we've gotten we've gotten very fortunate uh in, in being able to watch him on a daily basis now he he does affect the game on a on a daily basis from the defensive side so we'll okay. start there okay the offensive side of things you, you when you look at the peripheral numbers they're not fantastic uh he's not a big slugging guy right now but he's a guy that hits a lot of balls hard so when you're when you're digging into the the numbers you'll see that he's he's ran into some some babbit problems early on uh but at the same time you know, in a, in a day and age of, of the fly ball era, he just hasn't necessarily gotten to that point of, of figuring out how to lift the ball. But, uh, you know, he has incredible bat-to-ball skills. Uh, he, 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 he does a great job with two strikes. Uh, he's able to kind of use the four-hole when he wants. Uh, and I think he's just getting to a point where he's going to have to figure out a way to, to pick and choose those times to, to pull balls and to pull balls successfully and get them in the air. Uh, so I, I can't necessarily say, at least right now, that there's any regret because yeah. I think, in the minds of, uh, of of at least fans to to you know probably uh, management, they're saying, well, at the very minimum, we have one of the best defensive players in the league. Sure. Uh, and but at the same time, you 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 you've spent a lot of money uh, for a guy like this, and you would love to be able to insert him like Brian Reynolds into that two three four spot in the lineup. Uh, whereas right now he's being used in the one spot in the five six hole, uh, which is is okay. But he doesn't, you know, with with the the bat to ball skills and his average ex- exit velocity, they're all really good. But he just hasn't figured out a way to get that ball in the air. He gets a ton of ground balls and a ton of line drives, and in today's day and age uh, of slugging, it just it just hasn't matched up. So it'll be it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting case study. Uh, from offensive players moving uh, toward the end of the year, and once he starts to stack up 400, 500 bats, because he is stu- he's still stuck on on one home run, and and uh, to a lot of people that's an issue. 
Wanted to ask you about a player on the on the surface. Wouldn't you say of all the people to ask me about it is this guy, Miguel Andahar. I was a big fan of his when he came up and his rookie year, 27 home runs, got hurt, injured his shoulder pretty badly early the next season, 2019. He was up and down, up and down, over and out, outfield, third base, DH, and he finally got got out of New York and he's with Pittsburgh. Is that player still inside him, the one that before the shoulder surgery? You know, it's an in, he's he's another very interesting topic, and, and, and a guy that I uh, played with in New York. And that's right, um, you did. Yeah, I was I was able to. Yeah, in 2018, I, when he was a rookie and had that unbelievable season. You know, the knock on him at that time was his defense. Uh, he, he wasn't tremendously trusted at at third base. Uh, he he hadn't had any injuries. And the thing about Miguel is that his he, he makes a ton of contact, and he's a, he's a the odd guy that the best pitch to Miguel Andujar is a, is a is a flat fastball right down the middle. The guy, his out, he's outside the zone uh, contact skills and, 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 and hits on those balls are not normal. And for me, that 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 can play. The bat to ball skills play with him. Uh, I think the timing between the injury after his his stellar rookie season in New York, um, mixed with the the defensive issues. Uh, were what ultimately led to him uh, parting ways with the New York Yankees. But we've seen in the early going, and, and, and there's still it's still fairly small sample size between the end of last year and this year. It's it, it's it's somewhat difficult to uh, predict how he's going to get playing time unless uh, Key Brian Hayes were to go down. He he might be a, an option at third base or first base, and they stuck him in the outfield, and he's done an okay job. Uh, but we haven't been able to see the consistent at bats yeah. with him, so it's hard to really say if he's closer to the 2018 player or if he's closer to the 20, you know, 20 and 20 and 2021 player, but the bat, the ball skills are there. The, the power is still there. Uh, you know, I see a little bit of pressing from him trying to reestablish himself, yep. um, you know, as an offensive player, he's been for the most part, strictly, uh, you know, been in the lineup only against lefties to this point. So for me, it's going to have to take a, you know, an, an injury or, or, you know, an unforeseen issue for us to see him in the lineup on a semi-everyday basis. And, and to be fair, that's to, to, to be a guy that, that plays um, part-time, that only faces left-handed pitchers and be fairly young, that's a very difficult task. Can I ask, so, you, can I ask you one follow-up to this, uh, Neil? Would sure. he be a guy who the correct career choice might be to go to Japan for two years and just play all the time? <laughs> You know, I never really gave that much thought, but I think you could. I think you could be very accurate with that statement. Um, yeah. yeah, it's he, he. For me, he he needs at bats, and he needs uh, to reestablish himself as a major league quality hitter first. Uh, you know, in today's day and age, with with uh, you know DH duty and and things like that, and he, he does well enough in the field to to not be an issue. Uh, you, you might be right. I, I think that that might be something that that would benefit a player like him he's still young enough yeah uh, he's gone through a tough stretch he, he's to, to some degree he's gotten typecasted I, i'm not saying that that's how he's viewed in pittsburgh but I, that's the feeling i get uh that he's been a little bit typecasted uh yeah that's that's a really interesting point that i've never thought about 
Uh, he is Neil Walker. We're previewing Orioles Pirates this weekend. Just another couple of minutes here on GCR. Neil, you brought up Keller, obviously. The three pitchers the Orioles are going to face this weekend, Oviedo, Contreras, and Mitch Keller. Uh, not exactly household names necessarily. What do we need to know about the first two guys? And then to your point, how has Mitch Keller become this guy this season that clearly is sort of the top of the rotation at this point for Pittsburgh? Yeah, well, let's start with Oviedo. Uh, he's, he's had a little tough run these last couple games. And, and, and actually, I can, I can lump Oviedo and Contreras together because the, the, the arsenal is very similar. It's very fastball, slider heavy. Oviedo more mid to upper 90s fastballs uh, with, with, with a little bit of run. And Contreras more uh, you know, mid, low to mid fastballs with, in my opinion, a little better slider. Uh, but what, what we've seen from both of those guys is just, um, when the slider's working and when, when they're able to throw it in the zone, call it 0-0, 1-0, these odd, these odd hitters counts, they've been extremely successful. Uh, and strike one has been a huge uh, – they've been a huge benefactor of strike one, which, which may sound kind of silly because that's for everybody, but both of these guys are, for the most part, two-pitch pitchers. And when you're talking about two-pitch pitchers, if, you, if, if they have plus-plus stuff um, – they're, they're able to get away with it. But, but when we've seen that at their best, the slider has been really good. It's been 60% use. Uh, it's been in the zone. It's been later on in, in the at-bats in good spots out of the zone getting chases. And when it hasn't been on, it's been uh, having to go back to the fastball a little bit more and have gotten beat up a little bit. So uh, they're, they're both looking for bounce-back starts here in Baltimore. Uh, and with Mitch Keller – it's quite possible we're, we are seeing an in, in, in ace in the making. This is a guy that has a seven-pitch arsenal. He's got a, he's got a two-seam. He's got a cutter that he's just started throwing this year and has been a very, very good pitch, particularly the left-handed hitters. He's got a four-seam that he can run up to the, to the upper 90s. Uh, he's got what they call a sweeper and, a very, and basically a variation between a, a slider, a curveball that he adds and subtracts, and he does have a changeup that he throws very rarely. But this guy is – tremendous i mean he's coming off a start against colorado that he uh through a four hit shutout he was basically 70 percent fastball you know between the four seam two seam and cutter and just was attacking guys from pitch one to pitch pitch uh uh to his last pitch was 103 in that start so um it's been fun he's been the stopper for these guys he, he, he seems to have figured out who he is and what he's trying to accomplish and how he's trying to get there, and, you, and you're seeing the conviction. So it's interesting because the first two guys that, you'll, that Baltimore will see today and tomorrow are guys that are really trying to figure it out. Uh, you're trying to figure out if these guys need to develop a third pitch, uh, and then you have a guy in Mitch Keller who's still somewhat in, in, in the early stages of his career that seemed to have figured it out. So, uh, you know, but for me, the, 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 length, the, the length of these starting pitchers has, is something that was really good in April. And outside of Mitch Keller hasn't been so good lately, and the bullpen's getting beat up just a little bit and getting yeah. exposed just a little bit. So, uh, but at the same time, if they can get the ball to, the, to, to Holderman and Bednar in the eighth and ninth, they've had a lot of success. So it should be a fun series. We, we, we know we're coming into we, – we haven't had any success, 0-6 against the AL East, and uh, we know that the Baltimore Orioles are playing really good baseball. So they got to clean up the defensive stuff. They have to make good decisions on the base pass. Uh, but that's kind of how this, this Pirates team is – is set up per se going into the series. Hey, uh, last question from me. Uh, you know, the Orioles are just finishing up a rebuild and have turned the corner last year and hopefully much brighter days ahead for us. 
uh, Pittsburgh, it feels like you're at that point of perhaps turning a corner. Um, do you Are you fully confident that Ben Charrington and Derek Shelton will be there when the winning starts? I do. I, I, I do think so. I, I think Ben has made a, a, a really good effort to, number one, sign some players that he targets as guys that are going to help him not just this year but three, four, five years down the road. Uh, I think Derek Shelton it was, was, was to some degree – given a, a, a tough hand when he signed here going uh, essentially into the COVID season and a rebuild. Uh, so I think this year and next year are, are a really good litmus test for his uh, ability to, to, to rally the troops and, and, and move the team forward. Um, you know, the, the, the biggest, the biggest uh, thing in, in my mind um, from the beginning of the season to, to now is the loss of O'Neill Cruz, a guy that just yeah. – beyond talented the 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 skill level of everything he can do is off the charts now that doesn't always match to uh into you know hits and average and home runs and all that stuff but uh, you know the loss of essentially four months of development from him uh, particularly as a potential shortstop of the future has been a huge blow and the lineup uh construction when he was uh, in and healthy was very long. You weren't having to use Key Brian Hayes at the top of the order. You were able to use him in that five, six, seven hole. So you're still you're still going to have uh, you know these these guys that are going to be the cornerstones. I really believe O'Neill Cruz will be a cornerstone unless something derails his career uh, even worse than than, than what this uh, ankle injury did for him. But uh, I I believe that these guys uh, between Shelton, Derek Shelton, and and Ben Sherrington, they have a good idea of, of what they're trying to accomplish and how they're going to try to accomplish it. Whether it now, whether that be a huge step forward this year uh, in getting closer to that 500 number, and then a bigger step next year, that's to be seen. But the good the good news is that it seems as though the NL Central is going to be fairly light for uh, yeah. this year and, and hopefully next year for their sake. <laughs> Man, the Cardinals are a mess. Neil Walker, uh, greatly appreciate. Should be an exciting weekend here in Baltimore. Really appreciate you hopping on with us this morning, taking a couple. Thank minutes. you, Neil. Hey, you guys got it. Have a great weekend. That's Neil Walker, part of the Pirates broadcast crew, and a heck of a baseball player, obviously, himself. Appreciate him taking the time for us. And, again, I, the, the Key, Brian, Key Brian Hayes thing is interesting to me, right, because it's a reminder that not every time that you pay this money do you do you get Ronald Acuna. Do you get, you know, like there is still an amount of risk that's involved making the decision. At this point, Key Brian Hayes is still an outstanding defensive player and is a guy that you want to have playing every day it's not like it's a chris davis contract or something like that but that every time you identify a guy that you come up and say this is a rock star prospect they don't all pan out to be superstar players two others that come to mind are singleton john singleton with the astros Uh remember bud norris no doubt knocked him for taking that contract right uh and the other guy i'm forgetting is a philadelphia philly and it wasn't Reese Hoskins, was it? No, it was no. Uh, somebody really hasn't made it. He's okay. still on their 40-man right. roster. I'll look it up. But. All right. I will take a look when we get a chance. Thank you again to Neil Walker for joining us this morning. Go right from Neil Walker as we're talking about Pirates-Orioles this weekend, uh, an opportunity for us to catch up with uh, one of the Orioles' starting pitchers and someone who has made a huge commitment to the community this season, despite the fact that he is brand new here in Baltimore. We are really excited about this. Kyle Gibson is with us this morning here on GCR. Kyle, it's Glenn and Stan. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. 
Hey, guys. Good morning. Great to chat with you. Kyle, I'm really excited about what you've done with Big League Impact. This is really cool to me. Someone who's very new to the community deciding to step up and try to deliver for the community, for people that don't know about your partnership and how they can get involved, because I know there's a couple of different elements to it. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, sure. So um, our work in the community goes back to when Elizabeth and I were kids, and we both played. She was a gymnast, and I was in travel baseball, and a lot of those efforts you know, included fundraising and doing camps and other things to help people out. So, um, and between that and, and our faith, just believing that, you know, we have a lot to offer other people because of where we're at, you know, it's important for us to try to help others when we can. So we've tried to do that in every city we've lived in and every team we've played for. So, um, Baltimore's no different. You know, we wanted to jump in and, you know, find areas to help out, find areas of need and, and see if we can fill gaps there. So, um, when I was able to, to get on board with Big League Impact and do my first fantasy football league in 2015 in Minnesota, it just seemed like something that made sense. It gave fans a great chance to come out and play fantasy football with their favorite Minnesota Twins. And, and then uh, Adam Wainwright, who started, uh, started Big League Impact, asked me to come on board as vice president going into 2018. And, um, you know, it's just been something I've really enjoyed, you know, learning you know, how he gets things done, learning how he and his wife, Jenny, you know, treat margins in their life and how they use those margins to help other people. And, um, you know, he's just always got those things on his mind. So it's been really cool to learn from him. Um, and then, you know, bringing that stuff to Baltimore was, was a no-brainer. So we, uh, this year we've got an all-win campaign, and then each guy that is doing that, um, you know, they're donating for either extra base hits or strikeouts. You know, Tyler Wells and I are donating for each strikeout we get, and then Austin Hayes and Cedric Mullins are donating uh, for offensive categories as well uh, on top of team wins. Uh, and then we're going to do a fantasy football league later in the summer. Oh, cool. Uh, and then the other the other big event is going to be a top golf event uh, coming up as well in August. That's awesome, man. That's And I know you're involved with the House of Ruth and the Maryland Food Bank. But if people go right now to bigleagueimpact.org slash Baltimore Again, bigleagueimpact.org slash Baltimore. It, it, is it donations are going to, to match what you guys are doing or just more of a general fund? Can you explain that part to me? Yeah, so so if they go to, to All Win, uh, that website you just said, Big League Impact slash All Win Baltimore, uh, they'll have the opportunity to pledge in each of those campaigns. Okay. So, um, you know, and it can be as little as uh, 10 cents a team win, right? Yep. Um, you know, we go win 100 games and they donate, you know, $10 at the end of the year. Yep. Um, we really, we really try to not minimize any donation um, because there's people in all walks of life that want to join something and help, but maybe they don't have the means to donate $100, but they can do five. So let's, that's what we're trying to do is just give people from all walks of life a chance to donate. Um, and, you know, you got Cedric Mullins donating to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Um, and, and people have chosen a lot of different charities too. So, um, if you go to all win, it'll help all those charities. If you want to donate to specifically Cedric's cause, you can donate to his, uh, his campaign as well. That's awesome, man. Kyle Gibson, good on you, man. For yeah. this is a really incredible thing for you to be Some doing. Great stuff. Great stuff. Hey, Thank I want- you. I appreciate it. And then all throughout the year, every time we win a homestand or a road trip, I don't know if you guys follow me on social media, but we're going to give away an autograph item to people who have signed up. So, if you donate a minimum of $5 for the whole year, you're eligible to win autograph items, you know, each time the Orioles win a homestand or a road trip. So, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be giving away a lot of autographed items to those people who have, who have decided to help those. It's great. Hey, very cool.
Hey Kyle, I wanted to hop back on the playing field for a second and get your take because you've been sure. around. You've been around for a while. A buddy of mine, who's our managing editor here at Pressbox, brought up an interesting point. The San Francisco Giants, since the retirement of Buster Posey, uh, have scuffled a bit, and the Cardinals, first year after Yadier Molina retires, are scuffling a little bit. Orioles get Adley Rutschman mm-hmm. up last May. And have done, I won't say nothing but win, but we've been a pretty good, real competitive ball club. How important are these catchers to the success of the pitching staff and setting the tone that way? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I think I think catchers play, uh, they play a huge role um, in, in a lot of aspects of the team, right? You know, they're... Um, every player has, a, has an important job on defense and offense, but... Um, I think when you, in Adley's case, uh, and especially in Buster's case, um, you know, I think, you know, Yachty obviously offensively towards the end of his career wasn't, wasn't quite the same. But I think when you have a catcher who uh, impacts the game in a huge way on both sides of the baseball, it gives you a massive advantage. And, um, you know, I think that's what we have in Adley. And then, you know, also I think the third aspect that is going to be even more important this year is controlling the run game. And I think, once again, we have an advantage in, in that aspect with Adley. So, um, you know, he's, when you have special talent behind the plate, um, it tends to really stand out. And, and those guys can be team leaders, and those guys, you know, can, can impact the game in so many ways every single day. Because, you know, you can go out there and play shortstop, and you might get four balls into y'all game. You know, Adley's in every single play that he's behind the plate. Um, so, I mean, I think uh, – I don't think there's any uh, – I don't think there's any coincidence that that happens. You know, you don't normally see a great catcher um, on, a, on a below-average team. I guess Real yeah. Muto, you know, was on the Marlins there for a little bit. You know, I'd say that would probably count as one, but it just doesn't happen as often. Those guys are normally uh, staples on really good teams. He is Kyle Gibson. He's with us here on GCR. Kyle, uh, a week ago, dummies like Stan and I and everybody else in the media were like, man, what's wrong hey, with... speak for yourself. All right, fine. Me and Stan, who's smart. Um, <laughs> we were talking about, hey, what's wrong with Orioles starting pitching, right? Like, is it time to start maybe tinkering, maybe bring somebody up, something like that? All of a sudden, this last week has been unbelievable. You guys are the, the, the mid-90s Braves all of a sudden over the course <laughs> of the last week. Is, is there something you can put your finger... Is it maybe the step up in competition, playing the, the excitement of these games... Is there anything in particular that you can put your finger on about how, you know, the entire rotation has delivered the way that it has over the course of the last week? Um, I mean, I think it, it really is like all parts of the game. It can, it can go in cycles. Uh, you know, starting pitching is, isn't like, un, isn't unlike offense, right? When you have seven or eight guys slumping, everybody thinks, you know, that the whole team is going down. Um, Starting pitching has a way to really bring a lot of consistency to a team. And uh, I think this is the the blessing and the curse of starting pitching is that when we have a bad game, it tends to stand out and we normally lose the game. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that makes it, you know, even amplified a little bit more when the starting pitching isn't throwing well. You know, if you have three guys slumping and they're, you know, 0 for 14 in the last week, you know, you can hide that a little bit if everybody else is picking it up. So, um, you know, I, it just, it still goes in cycles and it's, it's not like offense where you would rather not have, or it's not unlike offense where you'd rather not have seven guys slumping, 
Um, because when all five of your rotation guys, you know, have a, a bad turn through the rotation, there's a chance they're going to go 0 and 5. Right. So, um, you know, we, we'd obviously rather, you know, <laughs> not have that happen, but it's baseball, man. I mean, uh, but on the flip side, if you have your five guys go out there and throw well over a five day period, you know, you can go five and zero real quick. Kyle, I got a last question for you. Uh, you've, you've been with the twins. You've been with the Rangers, the Phillies and the Orioles. From my perception here, and I've watched baseball a long, long time, uh, it looks like Chris Holt and the analytics people here have a little bit of a secret sauce that they are able to get pitchers to improve. Is that accurate? Am I being too simplistic? Your thoughts? Um, you know, I've I obviously and I'm uh, not a, I'm not asking for a little bit. I'm not asking for the secret sauce. I just wanted to be clear. <laughs> okay, all right. Because I was going to say no comment if you ask for the secret sauce. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, um, you know, I, I've just had a little limited exposure to these guys, right, just over two months with spring training season. Um, but, I mean, my conversations, you know, with Holty and Holmes and Clinic and all the pitching department in the offseason, um, you know, that, that was part of the decision to come here because I felt like those guys had a really good handle of, on what they were doing. And um, and they just seemed like they they uh, had a really good process. And, um, you know, to speak to being able to improve a whole lot of guys, uh, I don't know that I'm the right person to speak to that just because I haven't been around and seen, you know, the some of the transformations you're probably talking about. But uh, I can say just compared to other staff I've had in the past, uh, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of really good pitching coaches um, and staff that have really good holistic approaches to pitching. And in my mind, uh, when you can mesh the analytics and then mesh it with execution and sequencing and understanding that there's human beings having to throw this baseball every time <laughs> that are imperfect, yep. when you can mesh that together, you can come up with a really, really good plan on how to get the best out of people. Hmm. That's um, a really good answer. And, uh, I think that's what we do. I know we need to let you go, Kyle, but I have to ask because I think it was the moment of the season last Friday night. Uh, how oh long <laughs> How long were you prepared to hold the water in your mouth <laughs> after the McCann double? Were you at all nervous at some point that, like, you know, that Ben and, and Kevin were worried that you're going to start choking at some point as you're trying to do that? <laughs> um, how long were you prepared uh, to hold it if necessary on Friday night in order to wait out that review? Yeah, I mean, you uh, once you commit to something, you got to commit. You know, uh, I would be I'd be lying if I didn't get into a situation where I had to uh, swallow just a little bit of it okay. because it starts creeping to the back of your throat, and you just got to clear it a little bit. Um, but uh, no, you got to once you commit to these uh, commit to these things, you got to do it. So um, I I don't know what Mac was thinking really. I know he was waiting for the review to come through, and then I think the game sped up on him a little bit when he realized who's getting pinch ran for. So, um, but uh, he came in the dugout. And he had to he had to wear the splash on his shoes a little bit because he got a little bit too close to the snuff. <laughs> That's pretty touche. Is touche. there wait? Is there any chance we're going to see you like on a day you're not pitching? Try to wander out to the birdbath section now to hang out with everybody. I mean, if they want somebody to turn on the sprinklers and just and soak some fans out there we can do that i love that i love everything about that uh kyle gibson <laughs> at kgib44 and as uh, he mentioned yeah make sure you're following him in order to take advantage of some of this autograph stuff he's going to be giving away and please get over to big league big league impact.org slash all win baltimore 
and uh, get your pledges in to support what it is these guys are doing. Uh, Kyle, really enjoyed the conversation, man. Thank And really, more than that, enjoy the fact that you have made a commitment to this yep. community since you arrived. That means everything, dude. Thank you so much for hopping on with us this morning, and best of luck. Is it's been a lot of fun watching you guys this season. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Great chatting with you. It's Kyle Gibson, Orioles pitcher, spending a few minutes with us here. A solid season. Yeah. He's I mean, had one bad game. Right, correct. And one so-so game. But other than that, he's he's sort of bringing the club, I think, an even higher level of what we got out of Jordan Lyles I, last year. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Now, you can't have – he's not making the nine-inning starts where no. he's just getting his – what the Royals are doing with Jordan Lyles this year is hilarious where they just don't care. Like, well, you can was give so, up 15 runs. Last week runs. was so bizarre how he took Greinke out after 44 pitches right. in a one nothing game after five innings and let Jordan Lyles get Well, he did it again this week. What were the numbers that you told me the other day, Griffin? It was like he, he went nine innings. He let yes. up four, four runs. Uh, I'm not sure any All right, that's not as bad as I thought it was. I, mean, I thought he went it was like 112, 115 pitches. They just don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Like, they are like, – Throw your arm off. That's the way that it's going to work. Or I mean, they lost. Here. Like they, like they were. They, it was a loss. And, All right. And by the way, to clarify, uh, Josh eight. Charles is my nephew. Yes. And that other infielder Scott was Scott Kingery. Yeah, I had forgotten we looked all it up. about Scott Six-year contract the Phillies gave him, and he's not even on the on the big league club. I think he was up for about five or eight days. Uh, about 10 days ago. I'd still call it a risk worth taking with yeah. these guys. I yeah. still say it is worth the risk that maybe not every single one of them is going to pan out and be worth the money that you yeah. gave them. I think we feel that Adley Rutschman yeah, has a pretty More than chance. worth the risk. Yes, more than worth the risk, as uh, Cal Gibson pointed out, the impact that he has behind the plate. Hey, i got to go downtown yep. to a you've got ribbon a, cutting. You've got a new Super format book. that you're doing for your show. On the Monday nights, yeah. Yes. We had a great talk, by the way. Gary Stein and I had a really in- interesting conversation with Kevin Rocklitz yep. of the Ravens about the relationship with M and T, the the move to SeatGeek, mm-hmm. uh, and just a whole bunch of other things about where the Orioles stand in what the where the Ravens stand in wanting to be part of this idea of renovating around yep. the ballpark down there. So uh, that was last night. That was last night. But then Monday every Monday night, night. yeah, uh, Ross. Uh, Luke Jackson. Lawson, Luke Jackson, and myself. All good. Luke Jackson's my nephew, right? Yes, correct. <laughs> I think he's your cousin, actually. I'm pretty sure. Anyway. I, you know what? For what, it, for what it's worth, Josh, when you have as many cousins as Stan has, right. it's kind of hard thanks, to remember who is and for, who isn't. Thanks for helping me right. out. Uh, but they'll be on Mondays with us. Every once in a while, we're going to throw in an old Oriole, sure. ex-Oriole. Uh, but mostly it's going to be more like a little bit of an Orioles pregame show. Very on good. Mondays, Mondays at All 6. Right. This week will be a pregame to uh, Shohei Otani, we think, in Baltimore. Yeah, Monday he's night. due to pitch on Tuesday. At, Tuesday? I yeah. Thought it was, okay. I thought, it I thought was we had Tuesday. done the math for Monday. I thought um, we had... By the way, next Thursday, John Martin, the director yeah, of Maryland, Maryland Lottery and Gaming. Excellent. Sports Gaming will be with us. And you'll be on with the boys tomorrow morning? Yes, I will. Very good. Yes, will. Power rankings on Monday as well at yep. pressboxonline.com. At Stan the Fan on Twitter. Appreciate you as always coming in to hang out with us this always morning. Always a pleasure. When we come back in, we're going to make our trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox this week, uh, Billy Cook, who's been hot here in May. We're going to get to know him and learn all about uh, how things have uh, started to turn for him this month. So that's next as we continue along here on a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Thanks again to Stan the Fan for hanging out with us this morning here on GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning. A.J. Michaels, heating, plumbing, A.C., home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is here. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. By the way, I have officially declared in my life, short season is upon us. Now, if you don't uh. know this about me... Once I, I go, okay. yeah. once I go, there's no going back. And it's the same for the reverse. Once you go to once pants. Once I go to pants, there's no going back. Because I'm not the dangerous. type, I don't check the weather the day before. I don't, everybody's going to say, it's not that hard. You can just look. I just don't. I'm different. I, I accept I, who I am as a person. I know who I am. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. There's no problem with in February wearing shorts one day. Nah. The no, next no, no, day no. I can't do that. It's There are two seasons. There are pants season and there are shorts season. And once we have officially moved to one, there is no going back. So when you guys a couple weeks ago were busting out the shorts, I was not. Today, for the first time ever, I'm showing off the gams. You want to check out Mr. Cavs over here? I encourage you to wander over to the office here at PressBox. Actually, I have to go pick up my kids today from school. First time I've ever actually picked up the kids from school, by the way. 
I don't know why so that. Are you you're very nervous? Well, it's a private school, so like we have like certain there's like rules to all of it, and I am so very nervous. Don't you about, dare go down the wrong oh lane, my, Griffin. I am so worried about going to the wrong part because there's like multiple parking lots at the school. You got to go to one. It's a whole thing. I got a 20-minute detailed explanation this morning from my wife on the way out the door about how I'm supposed to do this today. Step by step. Also, the kids don't know that I'm picking them up. Ooh. So, like, well, are I mean, they, should, they, should be, are excited, they gonna be right? looking for somebody else's car and, like, panicked about it? I, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm worried about it. But if you want to if you want to see the Cav show, if you want to check out – I got I got more calves than Cleveland right now, so they, they are looking good. Yeah, I gotta I've been, say, I've been working I, on them calves recently, <laughs> so they are on display today because it is officially short season. There's no going back. I don't care when Griffin tells me next Tuesday night now when we're all gonna go to the ballpark <laughs> because Griffin screwed it up. So much for trusting you, and when we're all gonna go watch Shohei Otani on Tuesday night, I'm I don't care if you say in the morning. By the way, it's gonna be 50 degrees and raining tonight. It's my bad luck. I'm gonna be in shorts. You're That's the way proud. that it goes. It's I once I go, I'm gone. The pants, I go burn them all until we get you back to buy, September. You have to buy a new set of pants. hundred percent. That's the way winter. it goes every year. I it's there's short season, there's pants season. It is now officially short season. I have decreed. All right, it's time for us to make our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. Our next guest has really been on fire this month. He has really started to uh, show you why it is the Orioles drafted him out of uh, Pepperdine a couple years ago. He is Billy Cook, and he is with us now here on GCR. Billy, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to meet you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, yeah, Glenn. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited uh, and ready to talk with you. Man, tell me about, like, I, I know you've been through, I'm sure, what you were disappointed by production-wise, and I'm, I'm sure you're still saying, hey, I haven't accomplished anything yet. i got a long way to go. But this month, you have really turned it on. What has happened? What has clicked? Is it just patience? Like, can you define what's going on that here, once the calendar turned to May, all of a sudden, you're the hottest hitter on the planet? Right. Um, I, I think I do have an answer. You know, sometimes you're like, well, I just stuck with it. And sometimes you're like, yeah, I figured something out. Um, spring training, I, I had a little different approach and a little different stance that just let me simplify everything. And for some reason, don't ask me why, I, I went away from that um, early, you know, in April. And so I was kind of tweaking a couple different things and nothing was really clicking. And so uh, the hitting coach and I just sat down and said, hey, how about we just go back to spring training and see what happens? And sure enough, that was, you know, April April was a non-spring training Billy, and now the joke is spring training Billy's back okay. from that. <laughs> may, may it forever be spring training Billy. Right? I, I, yeah, that's the plan. You know, I, it takes a hard lesson sometimes to learn and that you just got to stick with what works. I, brother, I know a thing or two about my own stubbornness and knowing that I, 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 am not, I do not fault you in any way for the fact that you had to learn a hard lesson in order to this process. Did anybody give you, like, and I told you so? Have you dealt with any – like somebody that you were working with in spring training – have have they come back to you and sort of given you like the side eye, like yeah, maybe maybe you should have listened, Billy. Like, had you had to do with any deal with any of that? Um, there's there hasn't been any side eyeing. There's okay. been a lot of just like why why <laughs> would you do that? You know. Um, so yeah, no one's given me a crazy hard time, but they've given me the like, hey, maybe maybe you learned your lesson, and next time like you start trying to change something, how about you just remember this? 
Yeah, that seems I, – I completely understand that, and I clearly, from this conversation, I can take that you agree uh, <laughs> at this point that you should listen. What is it about the stance? Can you can you define it? Can you draw us like a picture in our minds of, of what changed and why it opened things up a little bit more for you? Sure, yeah. So like I said earlier, it's just a little um, – it allows me to simplify everything. So I'm a little wider. Um, I kind of have a little more weight on my back leg. And in my mind, I don't have to think about anything except picking my foot up just for a split second and putting it back down and letting my body kind of take care of everything else. Um, so it gets me in a better spot to hit. I can see the ball better, less movement, and then uh, I don't have to focus on as much timing. It's really just, look, see the ball, hit it. And in baseball, like, if you can do that, you're going to set yourself up better than if you're worried about, you know, how high your leg kick is and yeah. when you're starting and all that extra stuff. Do you trade off anything in terms of power? Like last year we saw you hit 15 home runs. Does it trade anything? Like is it is it harder to generate power? And if it is, is it a trade that you're willing to make in order to have the, the production that you need and let the power come after that? Um, I, I don't think so. And that's just because, you know, I stay in my legs. That's where I get my power from. Um, and in this stance, like a little wider – I'm in my legs, you know, from the get-go. And so I think I use them actually more than if I if I had maybe a taller, a uh, little more narrow stance. Okay. And so, so far the power has not decreased, you know, um, which is good. Now, if that starts to happen, maybe we do reevaluate something. Yeah. Um, but contact's also important, so maybe I give up a little power um, down the road if that becomes an issue, but so far it hasn't. He is Billy Cook of the Bowie Bay Sox. He is with us here on GCR. Billy, I, I imagine there's also, as a guy who's like, you know, you weren't a first, you know, three-round pick or something. It's not, nothing's certainty for a player that's in your shoes. Did you start to feel any amount of, like, pressure? Like, hey, I got to really, you know, look around. This is This is an organization loaded with talent. Did you feel any amount of, I, I better remind them that, like, I, I'm a part of this thing too. Did you feel any element of that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a little of that every day, um, being, a, being surrounded by the talented group that we have. And, you know, especially in double that's where it kind of gets real, where it's all about development, but also like you got to keep putting up numbers at this level. Um, so with that aspect, there is always that pressure, but, um, also it's kind of just like, look, you know what you can do and you can't put too much pressure on yourself. Cause that's when you'll start to press, I think. Yeah. And experiencing a longer season last year, um, you know, it, it is a long season. I, I think I probably have maybe 100 at-bats and 500 more coming, you know. Yep. So you can't get caught up in that short stretch. Every, every at-bat does matter, but you can't put too much pressure on one at-bat because then that could affect your next, you know, 20. Um, so you just take it in at-bat at a time, and you just see what you can do step-by-step, step and at the end of the day you're hoping you're sitting pretty up at the Bay Sox are away this week, and they're back home on Tuesday night to host Altoona. Events that are coming up next week include Military Appreciation Night on Tuesday, Wolf Wednesday with your pup at the ballpark, and then uh, also Happy Hour on Thursday next weekend. you got kids run the bases. you got fireworks, so much going on. Go right now to BaySox.com in order to find out more and get your tickets to check out the Bowie Bay Sox. So here's the important question, Billy. Now that it's been clicking for a little while, baseball players are notoriously superstitious. 
Is there anything oh, yeah. <laughs> besides the stance that you've been doing of late that, like, you know, whatever weird thing it is, you know, if you've worn the same pair of underwear for a week, something like that, right? Like, is there anything else that's been going on recently that you found yourself having to keep doing because you've been getting the results of late that you've been wanting? Um, how about I give you two answers? Yes. The answer is yes, right? But <laughs> you have your, uh, your preparation. So we'll talk a little baseball specific. Okay. Um, like the cage work that I do, I've kept that consistent. Yeah. Um, found like a routine that works, the drills that work for me, and I'm not going away from those. I stick to it. It doesn't matter if it takes an extra five minutes to set something up, like stuck with that routine. Um, and I'm, I'm going to continue to do that. So there's your baseball answer. <laughs> yes. Aside from that, um, I've started to play chess a lot. Okay. So I can't go play without playing a couple games of chess. Um, and, you know, I just get one or two in either after a meeting or, or uh, you know, if we're on the road and it's a little a little more time pressed, maybe I'll do it on the bus on the way to the field. Okay. Um, but, yeah, finding something that you can, you know, think a little bit, but it's not – directly related to baseball sure. I think has helped me as well keeps your mind sharp I completely understand the yeah, thought process exactly. there. you're playing right. are you playing online chess specifically or do you ever try to play with any of the guys in the clubhouse no um online okay I, I bought a board last year and I didn't even open really everyone likes to play on their phones it's easier you know so so yeah I have not played an actual chess game on a board in a long time. Do any of your teammates also play like against you online or is it just anybody that you can find, you know, any, somewhere in the world? Mostly, mostly it's just anywhere in the yeah. world. Um, and it's crazy. It, it literally is anywhere in the world. Well, I believe you know, it, yeah. I'm playing people in Pakistan, China, it doesn't matter. And they have the little flag that tells you where they're at. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Um, but there's a few guys on the team that play. Um, so we'll just, you know, play for fun. And, uh, my, my roommate, um, Colin Burns, him and I played a lot. Okay. And then there's a few guys in Aberdeen um, that I started playing with in spring training, and we, we have some games going as well. Do you have, like, so I, I'm trying to compare this. The, the Ravens once upon a time, the Orioles did it with ping pong for a minute. The Ravens had, like, a cornhole league in the, the, the locker room at one point. Like, legitimately kept standings. They had, like, an entire thing for it. Are you guys that play, do, do you keep track? Do you remember? Is there a ranking? Anything like that when it comes to chess? Yeah, so you just have a ranking, and if you play guys enough, it'll tell you like your record against them, um, you know, since you started playing them. But the ranking is really what matters. And so, you know, you got these people that are two thousand rankings. None of us are even close to that. Okay. Yeah. So if we're like in the nine hundred ranking, you know, that's like pretty good. And then you know, Colin is like eleven, eleven hundred, twelve hundred. So he's like the top dog. Yeah. So if you can beat him, it's gonna, it's a great day. I try to think off the top of my head if anybody in the system came from an Ivy League school. There's nobody that I can thinking of that came from an Ivy League school over the years. There was a like there was. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody like that because that's when you really end up being in a dangerous situation. Is like the time that you find out that this kid that they just signed came from like Yale, and you're like, you know what? Maybe we don't invite you to the chess league. <laughs> maybe, right. maybe you have to find your own league to play in because it's not fair to the rest of us if we included you that way. Uh, Billy, the way you, you know you mentioned the the guys that you're around um, when you arrived, when you were drafted, I imagine you already kind of had at least a little bit of a sense at that point. But seeing the way that it's come to fruition. 
this organization, all of the talent that you are around on a night-in, night-out basis, knowing what's going on at the major league level. I don't know how much you cared about the Orioles at all before you were drafted by them, but how exciting is it right now being a part of this thing on a day-in, day-out basis? It's it's really exciting. And, um, you know, it's not it's not where I look at the major league team and I see, you know, 25 guys that I have no idea who they are. Right. You know, I've met half of them. Um, right after we were drafted, we had instructs and, you know, Gunner was there and now he's up with the team and Adley and all those younger guys. Um, and it's kind of cool to see that because you look around and you're surrounded by similar types of guys and you never know who's going to be the next one. Um, you get rehab guys coming through here. So you feel like you're almost, you really are part of the major league team being in this system. You know, you're not isolated just because you're part of the minor league, you know, buoy squad. It, it really is one giant organization that's good to be a part of. Man, I, it's very exciting, obviously, for all of us here, right? Like, it is an extraordinarily exciting thing. Um, Billy, uh, social media-wise, is there – I think I saw Instagram. By the way, I, you know, I know I saw Instagram because I went, meant to ask you. I saw something you posted where, like, there was only one picture in your entire camera roll that was unrelated to baseball. Um, yeah. <laughs> is it pretty much just, like, baseball and chess for you? Like, that's just kind of – that's what you do? That's what you're into? Yeah, I mean, I'm into a lot of things, um, but I don't. I'm not a big pictures guy, you know. And so I don't. I don't go around and take pictures and say, "Hey, you know, would you take a picture of my buddy and I doing this?" So my camera roll is pretty much any pictures that the photographers take and send to us, or videos of like my own swing that I'm looking at, okay, um, highlights stuff like that, and then the occasional picture, like you probably saw that someone else took of me um, and then I just kept it, you know? So that's kind of why I'm not a, I'm just not a big picture guy, honestly. So what else are you into then besides baseball and chess? What else can we get to know about you? Um, I love movies. Um, Give me the last couple couple that you've watched. Give me like three movies that you've watched recently that you would put over. Um, Okay. Well, I just watched this poker movie called Mississippi Grind. Okay. Um, Ryan Reynolds in it. It's kind of like a, a low-key movie, but it's a good not, story. I don't know anything about um, Mississippi Grind, you said? Yeah, yep. How is it possible there was a um, Ryan Reynolds movie that I don't know anything about? He's like one of the biggest movie stars I, on the face of the planet. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was before he became like the Ryan Reynolds. Okay. All right. Um, probably like late 2000s. Okay. So. You know, maybe just before he hit that big bump where everyone knew who he was. Um, so that was the most recent movie I watched. I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy oh, in theaters. My, um, my wife and I weren't able to go last week, and we're going tomorrow night, so don't ruin anything for me. Okay, I yeah, won't. I'm, I won't. I'm, 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 um, I'm nervous about it. So maybe, maybe just, should I be nervous? That's all I'm going to ask you. Should I be nervous at all about it? Um, I don't think so. Okay, all right. You just go enjoy it, yeah, and you can get back to me on on if I was right or not. I, I will, you know what? I will follow. I swear to God, I will follow up with you about it. I will want somebody to talk to after I see it tomorrow night. So I will do that. Yeah, dude, I want to know what you think about the whole direction of the Marvel, you know, this universe. This is after. this is what's made me nervous going into tomorrow night. Is like I got to be honest with you. I was so disappointed by Ant Man, like it it it's crushing me because I whenever the people have said. I think Marvel's fizzling out. I've been like, no, you're stupid. You're trying to compare everything to Endgame. Like, 
Endgame is its own planet. It's its own thing. You can't compare everything to Endgame. Sometimes it's okay for a movie to just be fun or a good time at the movie theater and not be the most brilliant cinema you've ever seen in your entire life. But man, did I not care for the Ant-Man movie. I could not believe it. Yeah, I'm with you. It it was just a sci-fi film. Like There was nothing about it that was anything... I don't know. It really disappointed me. So that's why I'm, I'm I'm a little bit more nervous this time around. Like I was still defending even Love and Thunder. Like I didn't think it was brilliant. I just thought it was fun. I was like, yeah, I mean, like it's clunky. There's some things about it that. It, but when people were panning it, like it was the worst Marvel movie yet. I was like, wait a second. I, it's right. It was still a good time. Like it was still an enjoyable film for the most part. What are we doing here? But man, oh, the Ant Man one was just. Bro, it was painful. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I mean, and it's kind of confusing. Like, I don't, I don't know what to expect. You know, there's no like, I don't even know who the bad guy is. Mm, that, that's a great point, by the way. That is a really good point about that. All right, uh, you and I will talk. I promise you that. I will. I we will okay. save your number. I will text you after I see it tomorrow night, and we will talk about it more. All right, one more, one more before okay. we go. Um, John Wick. That was oh, the other one dude. I saw in theaters. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm a yeah. Like, come on, man. Right. Like, what a series. You don't have to explain anything about why John Wick is there's no somebody said I think he kills too many people. I'm like what are That's the point. Yeah. I mean <laughs> so everyone, you know, I went and saw it with a few buddies and one of them fell asleep and he what? hadn't seen any of them. Oh. And I was like, "Look, I can give you the I can give you the whole backstory. Yes. Just be ready for like tons of action." Yes. And when I told him tons of action, he didn't believe me when I said like there's probably 30 to 40 minutes fight scenes just nonstop. Yep. That's and cool. and he was he was like, dude, I was just too tired. Like I couldn't stay asleep when they were fighting. And I said, that's why I love the movies, because it's just if you want an action packed movie, yep. You know, it's two two hours, forty minutes of just straight action. No and one... it looks pretty cool too. It's Correct. not just like Correct. you know, unrealistic fighting. It's like hand to hand, gunfights, car chase, all this stuff. Yep. All the other nonsense taken. This is everything that I want in the film. I John the John exactly. Wick series is maybe the most perfect series for what it is that. Maybe it's a dude thing. I don't know, but like this is what we want in a movie. Like this is right. it, and you figured it out entirely. Uh, Billy Cook. It's the Instagram is Billy underscore Cook twelve. Correct. Yes. All right. Give him a follow there. I promise I'm going to be in touch. We're going to talk about uh, Guardians after I see it tomorrow night. May. Spring training Billy be with us for the next 20 years. All right. Maybe we get nothing but spring training (laughs) Billy. Congratulations on the the hot stretch, man. And look forward to chatting you again as you make the move through the system. Thanks for doing this. Yep. Thank you very much for having me, Glenn. Billy Cook uh, with us for our weekly visit to uh, the Bowie Bay Sox. Appreciate him doing that. And uh, yeah, he has been uh, tearing the cover off the ball here in May after a, a slow start. So we look forward to seeing what's next for him. All right, um, when we come back in, we need to try the Pop-Tarts, obviously. That's the final piece of de resistance for the week. It will come back in. We'll try the Pop-Tarts. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get Tubular to wrap it up for a Friday edition of GCR. Sound good? Yeah. Let's do it next. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles, diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson, and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. That first sip, that first bite, mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. A couple things quickly. One, uh, it was confirmed this morning by Ramiro Restrepo. They are shipping off this weekend. Mage is. like, And again, from our conversation with him earlier in the week, we definitely, that that's what they were working on. And I appreciate the fact that they said, hey, we just want to, Make sure that we don't get anything this week that is concerning to us when it comes to the horse. But uh, this morning, they made it official, and they will leave tomorrow in order to get up here. So that's even better news for the folks with uh, Preakness and the Jockey Club because it means that um, the horse will be here all week and there will be more media attention paid because the horse will be here all week and presumably the connections will start arriving and Gustavo Delgado will travel up, and they'll probably try to have him go out and you know show up at an Orioles game. We talked about that. Like they'll try to have him throw out a first pitch at the Orioles game or something like that. That's those are the things that you try to do in order to get a little bit more celebration around the Preakness. It's a bummer that it won't be Forte, but great news: Mage is going to be headed to Baltimore tomorrow, and uh, will be running in the Preakness officially. So. That is good for uh, our area. It's good for the Jockey Club. 
I actually am don't think I'm going. To Preakness? It's a long story. It's a very long How story. How are you letting us all down? I I I have missed very few in my life. Like the year we got married, we missed we missed it, but like we don't miss many at all. We almost never miss the Preakness. It's the final week of lacrosse season for our kids. And um. My wife is like caught up in team act. So like my wife is now the active like I want to team mom. Well, part of like the team mom culture, and so like <laughs> she doesn't. There's like a fear of missing out if she does not show because we could have one of the grandparents take them to their game, but it's beyond that now for my wife. For my wife, it's now like, well, this is the last game. We got to get the whole all the boys together and take pictures and. Maybe take them all out afterwards. Like now, it's an important thing for her in her social um, livelihood. So she doesn't want to miss it to go. Now I could go by myself, but like I don't know. I would get bored after a little while if I don't have to work. Like for years, I had real work to do. Like I was working for the AP during the Preakness. Mm-hmm. This year, I don't have real work to do. So without real work to do, and I don't drink. After a little while, it's sort of like. I would either just want to show up at five, which you can't really do with the Breakness, in order to watch the one race. I I just don't think I'm gonna, and I would stay and probably watch Bruno Mars after that. But oh, we got Bruno Mars. Oh, and Sophie Tucker, who I love, I love Sophie Tucker. Purple hat, cheetah print, dancing. All the people rolled up after you have to join, dancing, dancing. But they're doing it differently this year, where they're having the concert after the race, unlike in past years, where like the concert was during the day, in between all the various races. They're now doing the concert after the race, which is a weird bit. And Get I wanted to hang out. Yeah, but I had wanted to go see Smokey Robinson on mm. um, Saturday night. He's down at the National Harbor. Now, of course, my wife is like, I don't care about Smokey Robinson at all. So I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I actually also had Just a friend. Still with Glenn Day. We had, we, had, we had friends invite us to a wedding, <laughs> and like I never responded because <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. And now I don't know how to like augur be like, hey, that uh, that invite uh, still. You they're not get like, it, right? they're not yeah. close friends. They're like periphery friends, and so I'm so, kind of well, then the, I'm kind know, of a jerk. <laughs> like no, I'm kind of a, a jerk. No, I'm definitely kind of a jerk. Oh, okay. Although the invite came in very last minute, like uh, we were clearly the people that, that got invited because somebody else said no, which is fine because again we're periphery friends. But I don't know how to like weasel my way back into that. Do I even want to go to a wedding if my wife can't go with me to that? So it sounds like I'm just going to end up doing team mom stuff uh, all day next you Saturday. Couldn't do, you could do. You couldn't do it. Just do what Glenn wanted. You could do the wedding. Yeah. Then show up for Preakness right at five. Yeah, you know. it's a lot. It's and a lot to, to put Smoky it all Robinson. together. And then you feel bad, like, because like I can should be like, you're not going to come to the kids' game. And like, if I was going to Preakness, you know, like by myself, that'd be fine. But do I really want to? It's a whole thing. Where like it's more. I keep making it like I'll deal with it when I get there, and then I realize. I can't actually deal with it when you get there. Like you can't decide on Friday. Like I'm gonna go to the Preakness for an hour. It's you have to prepare that a long time in advance. So. It's, but you're Glenn Clark. I, I, I know. Think, but even Glenn I Clark. Can, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really work that way. You believe could, it or not. Pimlico would. Once upon a time, I did have that type of relationship with the people at Pimlico. Legitimately, could have done that once upon a time. Once upon a time, hey, I gotta land a helicopter and uh, uh, you know, they, right they would have worked. They would make sure we had parking. They would have. They would have gone out of their way to hook up your boy. Uh, with the change in leadership oh, okay. and with the people making the decisions not being here year-round, they are not nearly as concerned <laughs> about your pal GC. Not really all that worried about it. Uh, but they are worried about Mage, and they've got Mage, and so that's good news for them. Now, today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Sign up right now. 
Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. That's the first step. Click on the DraftKings logo. Get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet from DraftKings. But the only way to get it is by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. The NFL schedule was released yesterday, or last night, and in concert with that, teams like to do a bunch of different things. The best video of the day was probably the Titans video of them interviewing... Pull that up. Okay. Pull that you up. Just want to play it. P- well, part of it is like there's a visual element to it, yeah. so like well, you'd I have mean, to. You can. The sound works pretty. The much. sound works, but then you've got to understand like what what it is they're showing when you hear the music afterwards. If you have not seen, I, I think everybody's seen it, but if you haven't, we'll share that. Um, the Jaguars did a really good one, but it really had nothing to do with the schedule. Did you see what the Jaguars did? I did not see. What they did the like Jaguars a ten minute, like kind of movie, about how the NFL is scripted, <laughs> and it's great. Like, it, they have someone who's the lead writer for the season, and the players are all like, wait, so we're not actually playing, we're just acting? Like, it's a whole... It's The Jaguars one is wonderful, but it has nothing to do with the schedule. It's just that, like, they do this 10-minute thing, and then at the end of it... So he's telling Trevor what he needs to do. Yeah, it's really great. Like, you really should watch the Jaguars thing. But, like, then at the end of it, it's just out of nowhere. Oh, and here's the schedule. Like, it, <laughs> it's, it's nothing to do with the schedule release in any way. It could have released it a month ago, and it would have been just fine because it's really just a play on who started this with the NFL being rigged. Who was the who, uh, um, uh, uh, the running back, Arian Foster, oh, Arian. who was on the the Barstool show, and he was like, "Yeah, the NFL's rigged," and everybody like ran with it. So this was a great video that they did about it. The Chargers always do their anime anime thing. That's not for me. Which is but great. Oh my god, it's not for me. It's but amazing. people love it. With the, Ra- with the with the Ravens thing they did, it was like a it dark was, room, and they did like a Ken Francis bit, yes. right? Yes, yeah, they were, is, had well, they had Poe with his uh, his injured leg. Right, uh, it was in the room, and they were like having Lamar sign the contract in this dark room, and then it was uh, the spot for the agent to sign. It said Ken Francis. Yeah, that was a, that was a good bit. That was a good bit. Um, the Broncos apparently did like a Peyton Manning thing where he's on like the office. I didn't, I haven't even seen that one yet. I mean, yeah, the Titans, I mean, the Titans just the so Titans, obviously dominated to so. me. It, it's of the schedule related ones. Cause the Jaguars thing is unbelievable, mm-hmm. but of the schedule ones, the Titans are the winner. This is what the Titans did yesterday. Just basically at some point in the last couple of months went down the Broadway and showed non-football fans, the logos for the various teams that were going to be on their it's, schedule. It's crazy, too, because Glenn Clark does not like the little microphone Well, know, and you'll, there are a few times well, yeah, it is, audio it is, it is tough. Yes, that's because you don't... It's not hard. Just get a real microphone. Why are we so obsessed with a stupid little microphone? Anyway, here's what the Titans did. What the f- is that? This is, again, just random people on Broadway. They show him the logo. Rams. That was the Saints. That was the oh, Saints. Was the Saints. Uh, McQueen. No. The Chargers. Yes. Oh, that's just the football logo. By the way, by the way, stop, stop. Do you hear why it's a problem? Yes, uh, yes. It you is know what? We can't much. even. We can barely even play the video on the show because you, you, the, the audio stinks. You guys think you're so clever with these tiny lapel mics? They're Awful! Awful! You are the Tennessee Titans! It is not hard to get a microphone! See it? See how much better it sounds? Then, stop it! What is... 
It's just because it's like the trendy thing to do now on TikTok. We all think we're supposed to do these stupid lapel mics. They stink. I don't even know what the last guy said. I can't even remember. He said, uh, "He said, oh, that's just the football logo. It was, the, it Browns. was the Browns. It was the Browns. All right, yes. Go ahead, because I think the Ravens are next. Or no, they're coming. The Boston Bobcats. No idea. No idea. It was the Bengals. It was the Bengals. Yes. It's the Colts. <laughs> the Cowboys. Baltimore. Baltimore Orioles. The Ravens. There you that, go. You wanna, yeah, that's, fine. that's more than enough. Yes, yes. Audio, the Baltimore Orioles. The audio stinks. Because you all think you're so, we're so trendy, we're so hip with our lapel microphones. No, they do nothing. All of the audio is always terrible. There's never been one of these. Not one that has come away with quality audio. We've just decided we don't care about that yeah, because that's... it's the cool thing to do because it's what all the cool kids are doing with these God So we got to change it. Mics. We have to change it. Make, well, weren't we, 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 didn't good we try to have Carson do a yeah. man on the street thing? Yeah, maybe we can revisit that this summer. Maybe. He's going to be back, know. I think, next week, so okay. we might have to have him. We might have to go back to that. And... No lapel mic. It's awful. All right, anyway. So one of the things that happened yesterday, before the Chargers put out their anime thing, they did a bit during the day to lead up to the schedule announcement where they did all of their opponents as Pop-Tarts. The, um, the Chiefs were a green Pop-Tart with Kermit the Frog's face on the box, of course, because Patrick Mahomes sounds like Kermit yes. the Frog. That's very good, unlike the Cardinals, who are bad at everything, who... Did the their opponents as songs? Yeah, and it was. It and was, the Ravens one was, was a running, back running back by Wale. Yes, which like you're just gonna get dunked on all day. You're the Cardinals. You're you would murder to have Lamar Jackson. It's not funny. It's just you're going to get trolled. Your own fans roll their eyes at it. Like, hey, dude. Um, we have Kyler Murray. We would kill, kill for Lamar Jackson. Maybe, maybe just shut up already. The Chargers mostly are pretty good at this, right? Yeah, Where they, they understand I how mean, to they, have fun with twice it. Twice they did great yesterday. You, you love the anime thing. The anime you love it. You're all in on that. Um, the Ravens Pop-Tart was just a brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart slathered in Old Bay. That's all it was. And, of course, when I saw it, I thought to myself, well, I know what our next bet's going to be. Griffin said, why would we bet? I'll just eat one. And I said, you know, I'd probably try it, too. I'd probably try it. I've done a lot of things with Old Bay in my life. I uh, famously, once in college, was getting into a fight with a girl that I knew about which one of us was more Baltimore. And she said, would you snort Old Bay right in front of me? And I said, Yes, I will. Don't do that. Did you? So you won. You I, were more Baltimore. I, mean, I, I think I did win the most Baltimore competition that night. Good job. Well done. Not proud. Not proud. Don't do it. Don't do it. Bad idea. Um, that being said, I this is pretty simple. All you're gonna do is just sprinkle a ton of Old Bay. You've you've got all everything you need: brown sugar, cinnamon, pop tarts, and Old Bay. So you're just going to sprinkle a ton of Old Bay on the Pop-Tart, correct? That's all you're doing here. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Are you yeah. going to eat the entire Pop-Tart? 
I'm not. I mean, I guess we'll I, see I'm how not it going goes. to eat the entire pop tart at this point. I don't see why not at this right. moment. Right. So, how much is the appropriate? I'm trying to remember what the actual like picture looked like. Hang on a second. How's how's that? I don't. You got to tell me, man. You got to tell me. Oh wow, that is that is a lot of old bay. That's probably good. I'll say this is good. Hang on a second. Oh, that's more than they had on theirs. Oh, really? That's fine. That's the way it should be. If we're going to commit to the bit, we should commit to the bit. All right, you got to take, uh, before you ha- pass it over, take more pictures of the two together, and then we'll um, we'll get the video of us as we enjoy the Old Bay Pop-Tarts. And cheers to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, for this clever idea. I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. Like, I just stopped caring. Yeah, I know. I know. The, the, they did the Josh bill, Allen the dipped bills in ranch. Were, yeah, dipped in ranch, right, yeah. for Josh Allen. Uh, they did a, just a deep dish pizza pop tart for Chicago. Um, for they did <laughs> deep dish pizza pop tart denim pop tarts for the Cowboys. That's not bad actually. I kind of like that. Um, oh, the Broncos one. Oh my god. The Broncos one was a cream corn pop tart because of course Russell Wilson is very corny. Ah. Uh. That is Everyone good. That is good. notes yeah. how corny. That is a great one. Um, Detroit's was just a motor oil pop tart because <laughs> it's Detroit, the Motor City. Uh, Swiss cheese pop tart for the Packers. That makes sense. The Kermit one. They did a filthy ashtray pop tart for the Raiders. That's really great because they do. I don't care. They look about the same. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, what were the other ones? The Dolphins. The dolphins were a fish and chips pop tart because the the fish that's kind of uh what I don't know raw, oh a raw meat pop tart for Minnesota is that is Minnesota where they eat raw meat I thought it was in Wisconsin that they ate raw meat is that a Minnesota uh, thing it's basically the same thing right I anyway. don't I don't know I thought that was a that, oh that's good too Mac the Patriots one was an ice cream vanilla flavored pop tart because Mac Jones is quite vanilla vanilla. That's really good. Um, all right. Anyway, that those those are the. Oh, because Vikings eat raw meat. Oh, Vikings eat raw yeah, which meat, which is actually not true. But but that in but Wisconsin, that's, that's there's a play. that's a thing. They eat raw meat sandwiches. That's a thing in yeah. Wisconsin. Yes. Why? They have they call it like a cannibal sandwich. Hang on a second. I'm gonna pull that up. That's a. That, I swear to God, that's a thing. Cannibal sandwich, is yeah. Why the raw meat cannibal sandwich endures in Wisconsin is the first thing that comes up. All right. So it's just. It's pretty simple. It's just a brown sugar cinnamon pop tart covered in Old Bay. Ready for a lot we, of? I feel like I'm gonna want. There's a lot of Old Bay here. I feel like I'm gonna want a water. <laughs> I you feel get, like, get your water. I don't. I mean, maybe we just see. Maybe we try to man it up I, at first and go from there. Do you want? Okay. Well, we right, we we'll we drag this thing out. Let's do I the pop tart. Pass then, my water bottle over to you. Well, I mean, I, I've got all those diseases though. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. All right. Uh, cheers. Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. And bottoms up. This is the Old Bay Pop-Tart. I like it. I like it a lot. It's actually pretty good. I like it a lot. (laughs) Part of it is, you start with a brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart, which alone, unless it's rock hard, Unless you get the brown sugar cinnamon pop tart that is just you know solid, it's a delicious pop tart. Now you're adding an old bay, 
and Obey, as we've learned, kind of pairs with everything. Like, we've seen the Obey chocolate was very popular. It creates a very palatable. It's a little bit too much, obviously. Yeah, maybe. Wait, ease I, mean, up I say a little bit. It's way too much. But a faint amount of Old Bay with a brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart actually feels like it would work. Like if we did this again, maybe because you have the Pop-Tarts, you should test out what the appropriate amount of Old Bay is on the Pop-Tart in order to get make it so that it really adds something. So, so, that you so it created, becomes a dish? Yes. Maybe that should be the next plan for you, and we should do like a cooking segment with you. But I will have another bite of this. That'll be it. No more. Two bites for your boy. I'll finish. I You'll fin- I'll you're going to finish yours? Yeah. I ate half a Pop-Tart. Two bites. It's not bad. No, it's not. It's, no. I mean, it's, it's just I mean, all part, day. And part of this is we have a problem. <laughs> like, we really do. What? We really have to acknowledge. What problem? Our, the way that we feel about Old Bay, this is not typical human behavior. I mean, anyone in the country should be able to take a bite out of this and be like, yeah, this is something. It is. There's something there. But part of that is we would just we just love Old Bay. That's who we are as people. It's in our blood. Like we, we need it. We can't function without it. All right, I do. I could use a little bit of water. There's a lot of... You know when you get to the point when you're eating crabs and, like, you're... you're you're out of beer, mm. and you know you need a beer, but like it requires you getting up and cleaning right. off and doing the whole thing. It's like I'm stuck. I'm almost so on this like, crab. Yeah, you're like I'm gonna <laughs> push through, and you realize like I can't push through. I'm having that feeling a little bit right now. Final bites. At um, that's the thing, man. That's th- thank you, Chargers. Like, uh, your attempt to troll <laughs> ended up being nothing more than just giving us an idea, baby. Right. Sounded pretty good to us. Worked out pretty well. Griffin, do you want the rest of mine? You can help yourself to the rest of mine. Yeah, after, after the show. All right, you'll enjoy that then. Oh, right, right, right. God, Griffin pounded that. He was all in. I really would like if you would test to figure out what the appropriate amount of Old Bay is on a Pop-Tart in order to make it something that adds to society. Because that is not the appropriate amount. That is too much. Not, not to the point where you can't eat it, just too much. And I do think there is a level where Old Bay plus brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart equals joy. Equals we have just now improved the experience of the brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart somehow. That is um, that is very good. All right. Thank you, Chargers. Appreciate that. We enjoyed it a great deal. All right. Winding down for the day and for the week here on GCR. Let's get a tidbit. What do you mean every- Sam says every day we stray further from God? No, 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 no. Is he from here? He is. Sam. What we've done is brought us closer to God, I believe, here. I believe the Chargers are responsible for helping us take a step. Yeah, you bring me closer to God. All right. Sorry, I don't think anybody else got my Nine Inch Nails reference. Anyway, the moral of the story is it's time for a tidbit. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. That illustration of Jackson Holiday is on the cover. And then inside, we celebrate the pipeline that still exists despite Gunner and Adley and Grayson getting to Baltimore. There's still a lot coming. 
featured inside this print issue of PressBox. And in concert with this print issue of PressBox, we are giving away a great prize. Four tickets to all of the area's minor league baseball teams, plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder, preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. You must be 18 or older in order to enter. The sweepstakes ends June 14th. Sign up at pressboxonline.com slash contests. Uh, bef- before uh, we forget, uh, Nick Boyle trying out for the uh, Steelers today. Oh, the I don't snapper. like that. Boy, how, how did you go from me being very happy? Like, I've really, I've never been more messed up by what you just did right there. I was so happy. Nick Boyle getting a tryout today. Nick, everyone knows Nick Boyle's my guy. Like that, I love Nick Boyle. I we have common friends. Like, well, it's really on him. How could he do this to us? And then all of a sudden, for you to turn that sentence and direct it, I was like, I've never had more of a, yeah, oh, because like now, what do I do? How do I handle that? I love Nick Boyle per, on a personal level. I love them. Nick Boyle, I, th- I think I told, was mad. That I wouldn't take a picture with him. Why wouldn't you take a picture with because him? Because it's like that line where I still have to. Although I don't. Oh, because you're media. I, I would. I, it's a weird bit because I've taken lots of pictures of Tyus, but Tyus and I technically work together in those circumstances, right? Like every week we take a picture, but that's for the website. That's for tr- sharing it on social media. It's not for like a private thing. So Nick said to me, he's like, you know, you and I don't have a picture together. And I was like, well, yeah, man, because, you know, I, I do, if you play poorly, I still have to be able to criticize. There has to still be a line here somewhere. And he's like, and that's going to change if you take a picture with me? <laughs> he's got a good point. And he does. He has a great <laughs> point. And I don't know why that was, like, my line, <laughs> where I was like, no, I can't, like, buddy, buddy, pose or a picture with you. And now I feel bad about it. Like, I've thought about it ever since he said that to me. Like, what a jerk I am for not just taking a picture with Nick. He's a great guy. And now he's getting you back. Him. Yeah, so. like now he wants to screw. He's still mad about the picture thing that he's going to go play for the Steelers. Son of a bitch. Ah, well, I'm rooting for him is all I can say, and I will forever root for Nick because uh, he's a good man. Hopefully he's on the field a lot when we play the Steelers. Right, for punting. for punting. Yes, yes. for punts. Exactly yeah. right. Hopefully he is snapping for 10 punts <laughs> when the Ravens play the Steelers. Uh, where do I want to start? So the Suns did lose last night. Thank you for the reminder. They didn't lose, Griffin. <laughs> they got. Bl- Sorry, I thought the season ended last. I thought night. they. I thought the elimination game last year, where they lost by a hundred or whatever to the Mavericks, was bad. This in the second quarter. You know what was great about last night is I was confident, able to go to bed <laughs> at eleven fifteen. I said I can get ready for bed, and I thought, am I going to regret this? I was like, here's what I'll do. I'll take a shower. I'll kill a little bit of time. And then I'll look at the score again. And if we get to like late in the third and they're within 14, 15 points. If they're within 25. Yeah. No, no, no. They're within 14, 15. <laughs> and they I'll, not. I'll stick it out. They were not close. <laughs> they said, well, I mean, look, man, I've been a Suns fan for 17 years. I knew it was happening. It was a, a, a miracle they even won two games in this series, frankly. Th- this, by the way, I, look, I, I'm trying to measure this the right way. We always joke about how the Nuggets are just going to lose in the playoffs because that's what they do. And part of it, Jokic, he didn't have to go up against Aiton last night. He was going up against Jock Landale, who then got into early foul trouble on top of it. (laughs) They barely even had Jock Landale. God, what a sad, sad scenario that was. Um, But this is a different 
it's a different animal, man. Like, I, I, I'm not saying they will, but I am finally a believer that they have a chance. They have a chance to win a title. Also, like, who's going to stop them? LeBron finds a way. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I do still think it's pushing it. Like, if he has to keep playing this many games in the playoffs. And it's not LeBron. Let's be fair about that. LeBron is not the reason why the Lakers are in this situation. I know you love LeBron, and I'm not trying to tell you not yeah. to. And like, I, uh, yeah, but we, I, yeah, when AD's playing, I well. have respect. I have great respect for LeBron. But we need to be fair about this because it's the same thing that we kind of ignore about some of the other reasons. LeBron is a factor. Anthony Davis is the difference. Kind of in the same way that, like, while we all say LeBron delivered Cleveland a title, like, let's be fair about that. Who passed the ball to Kyrie? Kyrie kind of delivered them a title. Who passed the ball to him? I understand. It's not like LeBron had nothing to do with it, but Kyrie kind of delivered them a title. And Anthony Davis is the reason why they're in the situation that they're in right now. So anyway, the two largest postseason halftime deficits in Suns Suns franchise history have now occurred in the last two years. May 15th, a year ago, they trailed by 30 at halftime in a home elimination game against the Mavericks. Uh, And then, of course, last night they trailed by 30 at halftime in a home elimination game. Thank you. Trailing to the Nuggets. Appreciate that reminder. It was the Nuggets' largest halftime lead. Why did you in murder playoffs? my dog in front of me? Why don't you just do that while we're at it? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, uh, Glenn, I thought it'd be a fun segment to do. I'll it's, punch your son in the face. It's a tidbit. It's what is wrong with you? It's just an incredibly horrendous performance <sighs> from the Suns. Really? I didn't notice. Denver's thank 81, you for the reminder. Their 81 first half points are the most by a road team in postseason history. Did you get on with it? It's 12-23. It's I got to go Sixers. pick up the kids today. Celtics and Sixers did force a uh, they, they will force a game 7. It is the going to be the 8th. Yeah, that time. was pretty stunning by yes, the way. Yes, that, that was the really Sixers collapse. Just an uh, that's the type of thing that really makes you think they can't, they can't recover from that. Yeah. Um either way, it is the 76ers and the Celtics their 8th game 7 will be on Sunday night. I guess well, we, we don't I guess they haven't announced the times yet, but uh they have be not Sunday. because they got to figure out if Lakers Warriors is going to 7 yes. or not. Uh, so most such and which game I, I seven guess meetings. they're doing that because if there are two game sevens, then Celtics Sixers will probably be Sunday afternoon at three thirty, and the Lakers Warriors game will probably be the eight thirty game or right. whatever on Sunday night. That's that's, what, that's my that's guess. The mother, the, they they don't get the Mother's Day triple header, unfortunately. No, there will not be a triple header. The Suns were like, yeah, we're good. Uh, so anyway, they say, say uh, eighth time. Most game sevens ever between two teams. So I'll take the Celtics opening tip and Kevin Garnett points and rebounds. Wait, are you doing the whole uncut gems bit? Oh, is yeah. that yeah. is that the whole? Yes. I'm pretty sure there are a few more layers to it. I think it was just the three because he put like, you know, 100 grand. Oh, I thought there were a few more layers to it. He took, he just, well, opening tip is ridiculous. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Then he had Garnett doing, you know, his thing yep. and the Celtics straight up. They don't know you, KG. I KG, know you. KG, let's do this. I know KG. you, KG. I know you, KG. They don't know you. They're not me, like us. Me and you. God, it's a great movie. Eh, it's a real. It's a good. I love, it's a good movie that I'll never want to watch again in my life. I love when you know after he places the bet and he's got the guys locked up in the, yeah. in the thing and he's watching the game and he's like opening tip. There it is. That's the hardest one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. We got it. God. All right, go ahead. Uh, the Heat, uh, they take on the Knicks tonight in Game 6. The Heat have the best uh, winning percentage all time in Game 6s as they look to close it out against I'm the Knicks. I'm stunned that it's not Clay Thompson. I'm stunned. <laughs> that Clay Thompson by alone. Yeah. Um, they are 14-7 and seven in Game 7s with a 667. Of course, the Warriors, Pistons, and Lakers, next best winning percentage in Game 6s. I didn't even think about it. How do you measure what I said the other day about the fact that like I think the Lakers should be favored to win the night versus – I didn't even consider. And it's still ga- Game 6, Clay? Right? Yeah. Like – Game six, Clay finds a way. But is Game six, Clay specifically to elimination games? 
like, could be. Mm. Like, is he good when he's trying to he, tie he the series? Somewhat came down to earth, I guess. And I feel, last, I feel like he was always better in because they did lose. They did lose Game Six to the Kings, right? Because they, they forced did the game lose seven, yeah. Game Six to the Kings. But that was so that would have been a clinching game. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what happened. What to make of this? Maybe get his Game Six play no more. I don't know. We'll find out tonight. Uh, I want to finish the second half of the tidbit yesterday. Jordan Diaz, of course, hitting three homers. I want to do the more modernized version now. My arbitrary cutoff will be since two thousand. Let's see if you can name the top ten. Uh, Jordan Diaz was the sixth youngest player to ever hit three home oh, runs in a game since two thousand. Uh, so name the youngest guys. Uh, Josh Hamilton. Guy. Josh Hamilton, no, not, not that young. young. He's probably yeah, not, not that young when he did list. it. Uh, boy, all these guys were twenty-two or younger. Twenty-two. I guess or that, I'm not younger. sure that helps you, but no, it's they are good players though. Since two thousand, three home runs in a game. 22 or younger since two since specifically since 2000. So it's yes. not Andrew Jones because he was pre 2000. They were 22 or younger. My word. Uh, Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr. is the second youngest to do it since 2000. He was 22 day 22. I guess they're all exactly they're, they're all, all 22, 22 years Jesus old. Jesus Christ. Uh, on uh, April 27th, 2021, against I the Nationals, don't he had three like home my runs. Chances Vlad Jr. This. Second youngest. Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez is the third youngest. The problem is you gotta like I, all I can do is come up with guys that I know came into baseball at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is fifth on this list. Did it for the Nationals in 2015. <sighs> Manny Machado. Manny Machado not three home runs two when home he was runs, yeah, yeah, not when he was super young. But that's all I have to base it on is guys that I know were playing at that point. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is outside of the top 10 here. Yeah, he was 23. He was very old, 23 years old. Did it against the Orioles well, in 2016. I mean, in, well, actually, in 2016, they were good, so that's not... Yeah. Uh, Jordan Alvarez actually did it against the Orioles, too. That was, was that the game? We didn't win that game, did we? I have no idea. Was You're that like the real the Ruiz? I have no idea. I have no idea. They must how. have lost the game. Jordan hit three. All right. Oh, my God. I completely forgot. But yeah, never mind. We don't even need to talk about the score of this okay. game. Okay. <laughs> what was it? It was 23-2. to two. Oh, yes. The Astros in 2019. Well, it, it wasn't 30, which we know. <laughs> it wasn't 30. It's happened. 30-3. to three. If it's not 30-3, to three, it's, it's almost like it doesn't matter. All right, you're going to have to give me. All right, let's see. There is a. He was a Los Angeles Dodger. In 2016, he hit three home runs. One of their infielders. 2016. Muncie? Not Muncie. Wasn't that young? No. 2016 Dodgers infielder. 2016 Dodgers infielder. Left hand. He's no longer on the Dodgers. He is a Texas Ranger now. Shortstop. Oh. Is he? Yeah, he's shortstop. Bellinger? Not Bellinger. No. Oh, I'm, I know. God, what am I... It's not Cody Bellinger. It's yes, I know exactly. Well, it was, that's the thing. It's the brother. It's I know who it is that you're time. Why is it that all of a sudden my brain is not Seeger? Jesus. Seeger. First God. name. God. Uh, 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 Corey. Corey Seeger. Yes. Jesus. 2016 with the Dodgers hit three home runs Woo. at the young age of 22 in 37 days. There uh, is an Oriole on this list who at 22 years old hit three home runs in 2006. Markakis? Nick Markakis against the Minnesota Twins. I don't remember. Hit three home runs on August 22nd. Oh, I had moved. Okay. So, so you were an I Orioles moved. fan at this time? Wow. No, no. It's just wow. that I wasn't watching. Oh, no, I hadn't. I didn't move till September. Take that back. So you were probably at this game. I probably would have been at that game, honestly. 
I don't know. I don't remember Nick Marcakis hitting three home runs. I remember a lot about Nick Marcakis's rookie season because it was the first year I was I was spending every day around the team, and then I moved to Arizona in September. Uh, a San Diego Padre did this in 2021. Tatis Fernando Tatis hit three home runs in June in t- June 2021 at 22 years old, fourth youngest since 2000 to do that. All right. There are two Pirates in a Tampa Bay Ray. The pirate, one of the pirates did it in two thousand one. Oh God, uh, Jason Bay, not Jason Bay, Brian Giles went over to the Milwaukee Brewers, I believe, after this. Uh, after his stint here, uh, went over to the Milwaukee Brewers. I actually went to the Cubs first, finished his career with Milwaukee. Derek Lee, not Derek Lee. Right, who was it? Erasmus Ramirez. Oh, okay. All right. In 2001, hit three home runs for Wait, the Pittsburgh. Aramis Ramirez. Same thing. No, it's they're, they're very different. Aramis Ramirez. Yes. Yes. Aramis Ramirez. And yes. then another Pirates. When? 2009. We were just talking about how they were so bad earlier yeah. in 2009. Well, this is the guy that was good. Uh, I don't know. He's still on the team now. Came back. Oh, McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon, oh, okay. three home runs, 22 right. years old, against the Nats. All and right. then 10th on this list, Tampa Bay Ray. Uh, he is still playing baseball. He's Longoria. The, it is. Evan okay. Longoria hit three home right. runs for the Rays, also right. against the Twins. Very good. Very good. Nationals and, Nationals and Twins both on, both getting letting up three home runs. Yeah, they're the losers. List. Yeah. We only did it once, yeah. right? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. You bet you feel stupid now. Way better. Way better. All right. Tubular. It's 1231. How do we yeah, do this Sorry. Again? Tubular. Pop-tarts. It was the Pop Tarts. Blame them. Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here is what's coming up uh, Orioles, Pirates this weekend. For some reason, Masson 2. I don't. The, Na- the Mets. Are playing the Nationals? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I guess that's the reason. No um, Mass and two this weekend. Pirates Orioles seven o'clock tonight and tomorrow. Of course, Sunday at one thirty. Tonight it's Johan Oviedo against Kyle Bradish. Tomorrow, Ronzi Contreras against Tyler Wells. And Sunday, Mitch Keller and the aforementioned Kyle Gibson is the pitching matchup on Sunday. NCAA Women's Lacrosse Tournament gets underway today. Hopkins is at UMass at two. Fairfield is at Loyola at three. Maryland hosts, or no, they don't host Drexel. They play Drexel on a neutral site at 5 o'clock. And uh, all those games are on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, if those teams win those games, they'll play again on Sunday, but we won't know. So, you know, we'll deal with that then. Uh, tonight, Knicks Heat, Game 6, 7.30. And Warriors-Lakers, Game 6 at 10 on ESPN. TNT for Panthers-Maple Leafs, Game 5 at 7. Oilers-Golden Knights, Game 5 at 10. Tomorrow, NCAA Men's Lacrosse Tournament. Army and Maryland, 7.30 on ESPNU. Tomorrow night, Stars Kraken, Game 6 at 7 o'clock. No NBA tomorrow. On Sunday, Bryant, Johns Hopkins, noon, ESPNU. Also, we will have at least one Game 7 in the NBA, but we won't know about it, as Griffin mentioned, until we know about it. But I'll update Tubular for the three of you to check. That's that's the commitment that I have to you as a pal. Might be four or five. Maybe. I doubt it. But the, Six I, or I, seven. Think, I think a lot more people check originally. I don't know that people check come back for an updated Tubular. I, don't, I think it's very, very few that come back for that. Uh, anything non-sports-wise? Uh, there's a 
couple shows that look like all look like duds to me. Um, I can tell you then that. Let's if you not. Want. Let's not. It's twelve thirty. Dear Mama, the series finale uh, on FX. Okay. Uh, that with uh, Tupac. Yep. That, that one. Um, uh, the Mother movie premiere on Netflix. This is Jennifer Lopez. She's an assassin trying to oh, get her a kid back. I'm oh, familiar with this. And Edie Falco is like the FBI person or something that she's going against. Maybe I'm not familiar. Maybe I, at least I thought it was Edie Falco. I, th- I I, in the okay. trailer, it looked like Edie Falco. Right. I could have been wrong. Right. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez doing uh, some action movie. Let's, let's, let's move. Uh, other things, Barry. not really highlights. Yeah, new episode of Barry. There's a Michael J. Fox movie he's doing. Oh. He's like talking about his, uh, you know, dealing Parkinson's. with Parkinson's. Okay. Yes. Um, it, it Ain't Over documentary is only in theaters, but it's a Yogi Berra um, Oh, yeah, I did see that. Mm-hmm. It's a weird role because it's only, this weekend it's only available in theaters in New York, Jersey, Connecticut, and California. Huh. And won't come to Maryland until Ju- the middle of June. I mean, I don't know that there's a huge demand yeah, for it. I, I guess think that's not. like the, the places where they're going makes sense. That's where the biggest demand would be for the Yogi Bear documentary. Uh, the Cube season two premiere with on Dwayne TBS Wade, yeah. with Dwayne Wade. Uh, Succession, Barry, mm-hmm. uh, Fear of the Walking Dead season eight on AMC, and Yellow Jackets, of course. So, uh, you know, I haven't watched Yellow Jackets yeah, at all. Should I? I? I I heard it is very. I know, everybody, everybody raves about so, it. So right, I mean, maybe it'll be Lord on of the list. Flies, but it'll, with a soccer team. It'll be on my list. All right, very good. Thanks today to Stan the Fan. Thanks also to Kyle Gibson. Thanks to Billy Nick Cook. Nick Vespi got called and recalled. Oh, he's taking um, Drew, Drew Rom's yeah. roster spot. Thanks to uh, Billy Cook from the Bowie Bay Sox. Thanks to Neil Walker. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. The Bat Around tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, with Paul and Zach. Reed and I are doing our very special Mother's Day show on Sunday from 1 to 4. I know... I don't know if we're supposed to... Well, this will be... A, Lacey DaCosta will join us. She's like the mom of Raven's Twitter. <laughs> And a mom herself. Uh, Cedric Mullen's mom is oh. going to join us. I'm pretty excited about that. We're waiting to hear from a couple of other moms that we have reached out to this week as we try to celebrate. You want my mom to call in? I, I like your mom. I don't know that she's going to quite make the cut. Not because of her. Well, I haven't told her it yet. So I Because guess of her son. What? For Sunday. Wait, I think what? that we're aiming a little bit higher for the mom. I th- oh, Tyus' mom is going to join us on Sunday as well, so I'm excited about that. That's 1-4 to four on 105.7 The Fan as we celebrate Baltimore sports moms. Um, and then Monday, stuff and things. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partner. I just I just kind of choked a little bit on a lingering piece of Old Bay. Oh, I love saving Old Bay for I, later. I hear you. Yeah. Like in your teeth, you're like, ah, it's not so bad. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. AJ Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Hartford Community College. Don't forget, uh, championship weekend this weekend at Hartford Community College as the Owls try to win the title. Also, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us uh, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go Maryland and Hopkins lacrosse. Go Maryland, Hopkins, and Loyola women's lacrosse. Duke sucks.